It's time debit card users are also included in the cashback fun. Now everyone can get cashback on everyday purchases with Discover Cashback Debit. That includes no fees, period. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank member FDIC. Rebag is a luxury resale marketplace. They have a curated collection of investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry. Each piece is carefully vetted and verified by experts. You can buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Hermes, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. That's Rebag.com to get 10% off your first purchase with code REBAG10. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. So I wow. printed the lyrics of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And would you- I know the lyrics. Would you do us the honors of spitting Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer? Um, you know Dasher and Dancer and Prancer and Vixen, Comet and Cupid and Donner and Blitzen, but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Come on! Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer had a very shiny nose, uh, and if you ever saw him, you would even say it close. Come on! Come on! All of the other reindeer used to laugh and call him names. They never let Christmas Eve, Santa came to say, come on, Rudolph, with your nose so bright, won't you ride my sleigh tonight? Then all the reindeers loved him, and they shouted out weekly, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you go down to history forever, you go down to history forever, you go down to history. Uh, uh, yeah, 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 huh, huh. feel it, feel it. Sorry, we have to I cooked out. all day. I decorated. I did it nice. I did it nice. I did it nice. Nice, 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 nice. No one give a day thumbs up. Then you all go home. I give you permission. All go home. Because I decorated. I cooked. I made it nice. Hey, what is up, you guys? It is so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. What you just heard was a mega mix. That was DMX doing an acoustic Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. That's pretty special right there. But then what we did is then we put in Dorinda from the Berkshires. And then what we did from that, we put in the end of a long December. When I say we, I mean me. This is why it takes me nine hours to edit these things because I start and then I'm like, wouldn't it be weird if I put Dorinda after DMX, and then wouldn't it be weirder if I put Counting Crows after, by the way, that is the only time Counting Crows will share a bill with Dorinda and DMX, even though I think that's so sad because I think they deserve to share a bill with them always and forever. How are we doing? You guys, we've almost made it through December. It has been a long December, even though it feels very quick. 
Are we holding up? We have seven more days until Christmas. We have Hanukkah. We have everything happening in these next couple of weeks before the new year. Somebody just told me it is the end of a decade. We did a decade. That went by in a blink. Which, by the way, when I say went by in a blink, there is a movie called Meet Joe Black I saw when I was a kid with Brad Pitt. And Anthony Hopkins says something like, it all goes by in a blink. And I remember seeing that movie in the theater and I remember walking out thinking that was going to be like, I was like, that's the best movie I've ever seen in my life. That's an Oscar. Not, that, that will win all the Oscars. It was, uh, it was a huge flop and everybody made fun of that movie, but it sticks in my head all the time. Welcome to So Bad It's Good. We are the podcast that celebrates the pop culture that we love to hate. Maybe the stuff that's a little to the left, the stuff that we think is bizarre and weird. We focus on reality shows, but we cover the whole gamut and there is so much to cover. Guys, I want to start off this week with an apology and a non-apology. Like I do every week, I'm sorry that these are so long. I'm sorry last week was four hour and 15 minutes, but we had so much to catch up on. I am going to try to land these these things at a, um, uh, you know, not four hours and 15 minutes because at a certain point I'm just putting, it's like, um, you know, it's like what they did, uh, to try to, to get out Saddam Hussein in the Iraq war. I think they just played like the same green day song over. No, they played a Nickelback song over and over again. I don't want to be your Nickelback song. You know, I don't want to be punishing you. Uh, I do have a plan in the new year for the people that do love the long podcast because I want to give everybody what they want. For the next two weeks, we will be releasing on Friday. So you're going to be hearing this hopefully starting tomorrow. And then we're going to do another one on Friday. I believe that'll be the 27th. And then after that, in the new year, we'll do one more that Friday. And then in the new year, we're going to go back to Tuesday and Fridays. Uh, I'm so excited because we are going to be on our Friday episodes recapping The Bachelor. Now, Bachelor Nation fans, uh, I'm not new to Bachelor Nation. I watched the first five seasons and I was familiar with a couple of the other seasons, but I fell off in the last couple of years and I have been brought back to it. Um, and a lot of you guys have requested that I cover it. So I'm definitely going to be covering that. In fact, last night, it is Thursday night right now. Tomorrow you hear it Friday. Last night I interviewed my buddy Tug Coker, who has a podcast, The Long Finish. He is a huge fan of Bachelor Nation. And we had one of the best conversations I've ever had in – we went over the 30 candidates for Peter Peter's heart, the uh, the pilot for The Bachelor. We, we went over his candidates and it's a really fascinating discussion because this guy really knows his stuff and he's one of my really good friends and we just had the best time and it reminded me why I'm so lucky to be able to do this. And I know I do this in my own free will and free time, but it has really made all the difference in 2019 for me, even though we've only been doing this about two and a half months. Um, so up top, as always, I do want to thank you guys, the listeners. Um, it is crazy for a podcast this long to uh, still keep rising and the amount of people that are listening. That is so cool. I do not take that lightly. And please follow me on at so bad. It's good with Ryan Bailey at Instagram. I love to interact with you guys, please. You guys have given me so many great ideas for the new year. Um, and I want to give a special shout out to, I, I made a joke about this a couple weeks ago and it, I do, I have an intern, but I don't even think of her as an intern. I think of her as a collaborator, Linda Rutledge, um, uh, she's married, she's a social service worker, but she's also kind of a genius and she has been helping me get organized because my God, you guys know I need it. Um, we have been going over ideas. It is so fun to talk this over with somebody and not just have it be thoughts in my mind. Uh, it's just helpful. My therapist says it's helpful. Um, but it's been so fun and she's been providing me with outlines and piecing all my wild thoughts together. And she's just, she'll eventually have her own podcast one day. I'm just telling you guys this now, but Thank you, Linda, for all of your help. You have been an immense help 
And I hope you guys hear it in this week because I'm highly organized. That's, I mean, I, I am, but I'm going to go off script a lot. So I'm not that organized. I'm still the same old goofball. But today I want to let you guys know a bunch of stuff up top. Um, so uh, upcoming interviews in the new year. Uh, we got Laura Marie Shaneholz coming back. We uh, we are doing uh, – it's part one of a multi-part series called uh, The Men of the Housewives where uh, me and Laura in this first one deep dive some of the men. We go through some scenes, some uh, maybe a little scene from the christening on Real Housewives of New Jersey, maybe some Real Housewives of New York, Real Housewives of Orange County, Real Housewives of Atlanta – all the greats. Um, I just did that interview with her today and it was, it was a blast. So you guys, I think you're going to love that. We have Ronnie Karam coming up uh, pretty soon. We have Samantha from Bravo Historian, which I mean, God, Instagram account of my dreams, like just amazing. Uh, we have Megan from Bravo Happy Hour. She's going to be on next week, recapping Orange County and Dallas. Um, so that's huge. Let me tell uh, touch a little bit about what we're going to do today though. So of course we have Bailey mail. That's just my take on the daily mail where we go over a lot of the stories of today's news. Cause there is a lot of stuff to, uh, to catch up on. We also have one, uh, maybe a little deep dive of miss Caitlin Jenner. What's up, baby? Hey, do you want to hear about me? It's on today's pod. I was on a little show called I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here, baby. Woo. I want to fly helicopters and play golf. I got boobies. So we're going to do a little bit with Caitlin on today's episode. So I hope you guys enjoy that. I hope my imitation isn't highly offensive. I don't think my parents would be proud. We're also going to, we have not touched a lot yet on this podcast about this, but I'm going to talk a little bit about 90 Day Fiance, the new season. I'm going to review a little bit of that. Plus I have interviews with Sinjin, Blake, and Jasmine from the new season. This is when I actually went to the event. I got to talk to them before I had even seen their show. So it's kind of interesting now to have watched the show and see what their storylines are. But they will be on the podcast today. And then, of course, the piece de la resistance is an interview with my friend and collaborator and an amazing podcaster, actor, all that stuff, Brown-Eyed Unicorn, Hannah Brown, from the podcast Brown-Eyed Unicorn. I was on her podcast last week. Uh, we recapped um, the last episode of Real Housewives of New Jersey. She is always such an amazing. We do the part two of the classic Berkshires episode. So season eight, episode 10. I had a fabulous conversation with her. So I think you're going to really like that as well. Uh, am I just saying a lot of just really positive? Like, hey, I think you're going to really like that. Uh, I haven't even had caffeine and I feel like I'm very caffeinated. Huh? So also what we do have then, we have douchebag of the week. We have a repeat offender this week. Actually, we have two douchebags of the week. Um, and then, of course, Jax had a wild week on social media. So Jack's tweets of the week is going to be wild. So are you buckled up? Do you have your water? Do you have your spritzer? Do you have your coffee? Do you have whatever you need to enjoy this podcast? Remember, there will be timestamps on this podcast. I promise you it will not be four hours, but we are still looking at an over two-hour podcast probably close to three. So remember, there are timestamps. I want to train you guys to use them because I know not all of this is for you guys. You might not like 90 Day Fiance. Don't just say, screw you, Ryan. I'm done with you. Just skip ahead to the next timestamp and it'll be fine. Oh, also we'll do a Bailey blunder. I think my Bailey blunder, I think it was a little scary last week. I talked about dry humping and I didn't really get a lot of feedback, which I think, I think, could be good and bad. It could just be people who are very scared of me and don't want to reach out in regards to their dry humping stories. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sometimes I'm, I cringe myself when I talk out loud to myself. Um, 
Uh, how are you guys? Oh, I've gotten so many Christmas cards. I've gotten Christmas gifts from you guys, holiday gifts. Are you out of your mind? I have met some of my favorite people through this podcast. Uh, I hung out with my friend Mallory last week. Uh, she was an incredible, amazing person that loves the same stuff I do. That was incredible. I went on a hike with my friend Shira. Like, internet friends are cool to have sometimes. I went out with my friend Haley, and we went, like, I mean, I'm meeting great people from this podcast. It is so fun to meet like-minded people. Um, if you guys come to LA, yeah, reach out. I don't know how many more times I can do Tom Tom before they say, hey, stop coming back. But, you know, anyways. Also, Janet Elizabeth, the co-host of Sheena Shea's Shenanigans, will be on the podcast in 2020. I've got a list of people. Uh, I was talking to uh, producer Linda or intern Linda or whatever we want to call in you know, producer Linda, let's just call her that. Uh, we are working on an upcoming episode where it's all, it's the men of Sheena Shea. How good is that? A deep dive into all the men. Because it starts at John Mayer. You got Eddie Cibrian. You, I mean, it, it, she, I mean, and right now she's with Jason Momoa Light, which he looks exactly like Jason Momoa. Uh, shout out to Sheena Shea. She's doing it for herself. I cannot wait to hear her single, Her and Lala. I have a feeling they are laying down fire. Could it be as fire as boy? I don't know. I doubt it, right? I mean, but could it even reach the heights of a little single called Good is Gold by Miss Sheena Shea. No way, right? But I'm so excited in 2020 that we will finally get Lala and Sheena duetting on whatever magnificent Music, I mean, that brain trust right there is working on gold. I have a feeling this will be as good as gold. It will be as good as boy. Uh, I would love to see DJ James Kennedy get involved. Could you imagine if we potentially could be sitting on a Coachella with just all Vanderpump Rules cast? I mean, like Jax could play some kind of like piccolo instrument. Oh, I did. uh, God, you guys, I think we really, 2020, I was thinking of predictions. We are going to see... Jack's doing stand-up in the new year. I just, I have a feeling you can sense it in the social media. He really thinks he's on fire. He's like the Jeff Foxworthy of West Hollywood right now. And uh, I just have a real strong feeling that somebody's going to talk him into that. It'll probably just be the voice in his head. Like, you're really funny. Thank you. I should perform. Um, I always like this time of year. Um, and just so you know, I'm sitting around my decorated tree in my decorated room with my candles lit. Um, I, I have a glass of water, not a spritzer because, you know, gotta, gotta keep it classy and I've got, uh, gotta get through the next day. But do do you guys remember when you were in school and it was like right before school break, whether it be college or junior high or even elementary school, and you just had to get through the next day. And so like, that's, and you always have like 30 things to do. So like this is Thursday night. I got to record this and edit it. Get this out. It's going to take a lot of the night. Tomorrow I go to work. I just got a call back for Bud Light commercial. So I'm going to go do that. But then I have to um, I have to buy some gifts. I have to clean. I have to get 
I have to do a lot of stuff because I have to drive to Arizona Saturday morning. I think I mentioned this before. Was that uh, I was going to go on Monday, but my mom was like, "Why can't you do podcast stuff from here?" So, not that my mom essentially guilted me, mom. I did not feel like that at all. But I was like, "Why not? If I can go hang out with my folks, it's better than hanging out in LA. Just get out of town already." But I'm so excited because you just see you just see a week of vacation ahead of you, and it's. I got to say, it feels good. You know, I started Real Housewives of Potomac for the first time this week and I, uh, I got to say, I like it. I like it a lot. So I got that coming up. I'm going to try to binge the Watchmen, that HBO show. Um, my friend Maritza, Maritza wants me to, uh, watch Love After Lockup. So I think I'm going to mess with that a little bit. So this is a chance to recharge. I'm going to hike every day, hang out with my family, uh, listen to my mom talk at me, Joking, mom, and uh, read and and hopefully do some potting. How I mean, are you guys excited for the holidays? Is it stressful for you? I notice a lot of you guys have young kids, so that's got to be a whole nother. I mean, like, I wonder about that. I would love to like for you guys that have kids. Is it before they even know who Santa really is, or that kind of whole legend of the holidays? Is it feel like holidays? Is it just added stress because you're already taking care of a little human? Um, or is it is it fun and exciting for you guys too? Like I'm kind of of the, you know, I don't have tons of responsibility except for this pod and my bills and all, you know, myself. And I can barely do that. So I can't imagine what you guys do during the holidays especially. But uh, anyways, hopefully this podcast can take you away from all of that crap. So we're going to start today with, uh, with a segment called The Bailey Mail. Oh my God, I love that sound effect so much. I grew up in Olathe, Kansas, a uh, small town in Kansas, and I used to watch Entertainment Tonight all the time. Like that was my appointment television as a kid. And um, I loved. But like that's my version of my Entertainment Tonight. It always made Entertainment News sound so important. And for a lot of us, it is. So this is going to be my Entertainment News for the week. This is the Bailey Mail. So what do we have this week? We're going to start with, okay, this is this is an interesting story. Uh, let me know what you guys think about this. Katie Morton and Chris Bukowski end engagement. Now, uh, as a lot of you guys know, this is a couple from Bachelor in Paradise. Um, couple Chris Bukowski, Kate Morton just broke up. Fans guessed they broke up before the announcement because Katie went on a couple's trip without Chris last month. How dare you, Katie? How dare you go on a couple's trip without Chris last month? Um, I do love the fact in this story it points out that fans are like – we're like internet sleuths with Instagram. We really – we really focus on that. Um, I love of this. But both Chris and Katie took to their own Instagrams this week to share the news with Bachelor Nation. It is a sovereign nation. And wrote matching novel-length captions about how they're going to consciously uncouple. They explain, quote, One of the many lessons this life has taught us, that it's okay to be stubborn in the pursuit of happiness, to fight for what is real and good, and that oftentimes the hardest thing and the right thing are the same. We've reached a point in our story where we agree it's best to go our separate ways. We have chosen to love and respect each other as friends because that's the base of our relationship. And it's what is most natural for us. 
and they made sure to let everyone know that they appreciate all the support, adding, we are incredibly thankful for the support we've received from our family, friends, and everyone who supported us throughout our journey. I guess that's us, from paradise to this moment. We are grateful for everything that we've learned in this chapter and are hopeful for what is to come in life and in love for both of us. <laughs> I mean, come on, right? Like, you know, I don't know. Like, if you, you know, we break up in relationships all the time. It's very sad. I've broken up in relationships. It's really sad. I don't think I've ever thought to do an Instagram post, but I guess that's the society we live in. Have you guys broken up with people and then announced it on Instagram? I think that takes a very special kind of person. Like, that's like you're monetizing your breakup almost, but that's what happens when you're on the wings of Chris and Katie are no longer on the wings of love, so they are not flying in love together. That, of course, is the iconic song On the Wings of Love by Mr. Jeffrey Osborne, the Bachelor in Paradise theme song. Uh, this is one of the first years I've watched Bachelor in Paradise, and it was um, it was horrifying, you guys. I mean, are we really doing this with our lives? This, this Bachelor cinematic universe, like the Marvel extended universe, is very intense. And it's, could you imagine the pressure they feel just to hook up with each other on this island? I mean, just imagine the diseases on this island. It's, I mean, there's got to be medics. Like, I hope there's a medic for every contestant on Bachelor in Paradise. But I remember watching this couple, and I didn't even know, when I was reading the story, I didn't even remember who they were. I saw a picture, and then I remembered, but I didn't remember them by name. And it's just one of those things, like, it... All of the relationships on Bachelor in Paradise, hey, Bachelor Nation, do not hate me. It feels very forced, and maybe I'll get enraptured by the romance when we start the new season of The Bachelor. But as an outsider a little bit watching Bachelor in Paradise, I was like, God, they just have to hook up because that's the show. And then we saw on The Bachelor in Paradise reunion that there was already trouble in Paradise. It just didn't seem like they were talking, and it seemed like he had a tough time with his emotions. And I'm sure when you're Filming a reality show on an island, encouraged to love with your tops off and bottoms off in the ocean water and pool water, that um, it's probably a lot easier to love and be swept up in the wings of love. But when you come back to reality, especially Los Angeles, it's not as easy. So uh, unfortunately, they broke up, broke up. So that is our first story tonight. And what a story, what it, it was, a story of loss and love. Um Okay, so this this is crazy. Drama might actually exist on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Okay, we know that these past couple seasons, it's not good, you guys. We, to me, we're, this is a, 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 a lifeless body. Can we resuscitate the body of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? We talked about this on this podcast before. They seem to be throwing everything at the... Uh, at the old show right now, bringing past past characters like Brandy and, uh, you know, Kim and, uh, God, I would love if they brought back Yolanda. Look at my lemons in my lemon, my my little see-through refrigerator. That's okay. God, I'm working on my impression. That's my Yolanda. I have see-through refrigerator and I create perfect specimens. Even the male that Dua Lipa is dating, even though she shouldn't be because she's more talented than him. What is his name? Anwar? I think it is. Um, first off, if you, no offense to anybody that's named their kid Anwar that's listening, 
just don't do it. Don't name him Jax. Don't name him uh, Anwar. Don't na- n- please don't name him Edward. Man, that was remember that year when Twilight came out, and I guess Edward was like the number one baby name. Could you imagine telling like your eventual girlfriend or boyfriend that your name is Edward because your mom was in love with Twilight? Okay, I'm sorry. I'm just gonna say this right now. We're gonna go off a little tangent. I read all the Twilight books because we've covered that I'm pretty much a girl and I have girl tastes. And I like that. I don't think that's bad, but I did read all the Twilight books. And one could make the argument that Twilight books are trash, written by Stephanie Meyer, very easy to get through. (laughs) But in the last book, I do have some umbrage. I do have something, a bone to pick. They named the child Renesme. And I believe it was because the ma, like Renee and Esme, and they just, the writer was so unimaginative that she just jammed those two names together. She was like, fuck it. How do I relate that we want to put both of these parents that mean something in? Ah, shit. Fuck it. We'll just put them together. Renesme. That's a horrible name for a baby. That's not even a real name. You've literally made up a fake name and it sounds horrible. And that poor vampire girl that's half human and goes through life with a fucking super powerful persona, but an ugly ass name. Nobody needs it. If I ever have a kid, it probably won't happen. I will not name it Renesme. If my partner says, Hey, I know a name for the baby Renesme. Hey, we're done. I'm going to go buy a pack of smokes and you're never going to see me again. So anyways, Denise Richards might be wanting to quit. Uh, so she is being back on since being back on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. She's had acting gigs. It's starting to pick up, but the cast is pissed because Denise isn't supposedly putting in enough time on the show. She has pleaded with the producers to not go on the cast trip to Rome because of tensions, but she eventually did agree to go. But this even gets more intense because this week. We got word that Denise did not show up for the season finale. I believe it was at Dorit's house. Um, so, so this is crazy. So Denise, we heard this rumor that she did not show up. We had already heard rumblings that she was having issues and difficulties filming uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, as I just mentioned. So Denise then, two days ago, posted on Instagram, my hubby posted this and I need to actually thank him for taking such great care of me. This was a couple months ago and turned out to be a good lesson for me to always listen to my body. Being a mom, wife, and having a career, sometimes it's easier to just be strong and power through. I thought the pain and my other symptoms would just go away. They did not and get a lot, got a lot worse. I'm so grateful to the at hernia doc and her fabulous team. I thought I had one femoral hernia. I actually had two femoral and two inguinal. That sounds like pasta. She didn't write that. I said that. And I waited way too long and didn't even tell my husband how bad I was feeling. I know it was stupid. Gotta always listen to our bodies and take care of ourselves. So she writes this. But then Lisa Rinna pipes up and goes, is everything okay? Question mark. Is everyone okay? Question mark. But then Lisa Rinna then says again, Denise, are you okay? You never showed up to Dorit Saturday night and we were all so worried about you. What happened? Question mark, exclamation point. You said you were coming. You were meeting Garcelle. Garcelle Bouffet of Nylon, of course, is the new cast member of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. We never heard from you. What happened? Question mark. Lisa, I want to say this politely. I don't want you to take offense. But butt the fuck out, okay? I know you're all hopped up on being a Real Housewives. And, you know, you're great. You've provided us so much entertainment. Truly. But please, leave Denise Richards alone. 
she, uh, you know, reached heights in acting that unfortunately you never were able to reach. I don't know if that's it, but if she has hernias, even if she's lying about her hernias, back the fuck off. Like we don't, you know, we get, I get, I even get excited when she's like being playful on Instagram and like, but come on. Like, maybe she doesn't want to hang out with you. Have you ever thought about that? Maybe Denise realizes she had a career and now she's a Real Housewives. And I think she's kind of caught up in this, like, what the fuck did I do? Like, she could have, like, existed on solely, like, Lifetime movies for the rest of her life and not even been in this part of, you know, not gotten into this sound sandbox. So who knows? But it's got to be interesting now, even thinking about the Lisa Vanderpump of it all, is... You know, I bet she has a better understanding now of how Lisa felt last season. Um, you know, somebody wrote on Twitter, it was easier to say, show up, guess it's not so pretty when you're on the receiving end. Because Denise was like, hey, Lisa, you should just show up. So this is interesting. We definitely have something brewing. Um, Denise does not seem to be happy. Also, then Camille got involved, of course, Camille being Camille Grammer, our douchebag of the week last week. And she told Rinna to back off as well. And I got to tell you, Camille, sometimes I totally agree with you. Uh, back to the original article, though. It says when it, Denise is around to film, her husband, Aaron Pfeiffers, we all remember him, good-looking dude, supposedly has a huge hog, huge dong. Well, somebody wrote that they love when I say dong. Dong, da dong, dong, dong. Oh, I do have to see. Remember when I talked about uh, the cat dong, uh, Jason Derulo's huge dong last week? I think it was last week. They edited his huge dong out of the new movie Cats, which I'm hearing horrifying things about, not because of the erasure of the dong, but crazy that you have to like, what was the C what was the Jason Derulo CGI dong budget? Like we spent $300,000 making sure your cat dong did not scare the kids. This is a PG movie. But anyways, back to this, they say Aaron Pfeiffer's is inserting himself into some of the on-camera battles. Quote, things have escalated on occasion and her husband Aaron has been a center of a lot of the drama. There has been lots of arguing and fighting and it's all been on camera. He's been inserting himself into Denise's issue with the ladies and it's causing even more tension and friction. Um, there has been reports that Camille Grammer has been brought back to the show in the middle of the season 10's filming because there was a lack of drama. But that's not the case. Quote, they're all laughing at the reports that there's no drama this season. There's a ton. And Denise is really at the center of it all. She has been bonding with Garcelle, who is always quick to jump to her defense. Uh, the cast won't have to be around each other much longer as they're ending the season in style. The ladies left this week on their cast trip to Rome. They are genuinely excited to be there and will return right before Thanksgiving and wrap filming this season in early December, our source says. So, of course, this was an older article, but we now know that Denise did not make it to the end of the season. So we've got to keep our eyes on that, you guys. That's just uh, that's wild. I mean, could you imagine if Denise is a two and through housewife? And what Denise goes on to do after this. A little bit of inside info, uh, just so you know. Uh, Denise uh, used to come into my acting studio all the time and was coached by my boss at where I work. And she is always one, has always been one of the most pleasant people that has come into our office. Always extremely nice. Uh, this was, of course, before the Housewives. I have not talked to her since then. Uh, but really extremely nice. Uh Moving right along, this is in the Real Housewives of uh, Beverly Hills Universe. Brandy Glanville teases someone may quit. An intense fight likely involving Denise, and now Denise is refusing to film with others, so you guys put that together. Um, do we think – did Lisa Vanderpump set a bad precedent with her behavior last season? 
Um, and yay for Brandy being the one to stir up the pot, though. We always, we always love to see Brandy uh, putting into that. But I guess she was on the red carpet and did have a moment of, of talking about people refusing to film. Uh, so I think that'll be interesting. She, of course, named no names, but we can uh, we can definitely assume that it was Denise Richards at this point. I love that Brandy uh, quote says, I am back and I am stressed out. You forget how stressful these things can be and they really are silly. Brandy, who lives with psoriasis, even shared that stress is affecting her skin, exclamation point. My skin is super sensitive and I haven't had a breakout in like a year and all of a sudden shooting the show again, my whole face has it all over. Which is just amazing. I mean, just, could you imagine, like, that would be iconic if we see her face with just like just psoriasis for the end of the season for like two episodes. But good, I'm glad she's like really getting into it so much that it's affecting her whole uh, glandular system. Uh, Brandy also guarantees more drama. Uh, the uh, the show is definitely not boring at all. Uh, Brandy says uh, about Lisa Vanderpump, at the end of the day, I have to keep telling myself it's not that serious, it's not that serious, it's not that serious, dot, dot, dot. But it is. I don't know. So that's interesting. So that's great. So we have Brandy confirmed back. We have her commenting on Denise possibly not showing up, but she doesn't say Denise. Um, moving on to one of the shows I have not been able to talk about enough on, uh, on this, and it is a show that I am very passionate about, Jersey Shore. That is an opening that gets you pumped up. That is an opening that says, hey, we are a reality show to be dealt with. And Jersey Shore, I have such a soft spot in my heart for Jersey Shore. It is one of my favorite reality shows of all time. I don't know if you guys agree. Uh, I'm going to be doing episodes on Jersey Shore down the line because I think one of my listeners and one of uh, – I follow on Instagram, Victoria on air. She's a – I believe a radio DJ personality um, – I forgot what state she's from, but she wrote in about doing Jersey Shore and I would love, I think she's going to come on and we're going to talk all things Jersey because that show, I remember, I remember it was right around the holiday times when that premiered and I remember just, you know, like you get chills when you watch something that is just, uh, you're like, this is groundbreaking. They're groundbreaking. There's, excuse me. <laughs> it was groundbreaking and I just think there was like so much I just, there are certain things that come out that you're just blown away and you're just thoroughly entertained and you want to live in that universe. And we had not seen that universe at all when that first came out. And now we're so used to that. But at the time, it was really groundbreaking TV. You remember when Snooki got hit? When Snookers got hit? I mean, that was crazy. But I even watched Jersey Shore Family Vacation. I have not missed an episode. I love so much of it. I think it is so, so great. I cannot say enough good things about Jersey Shore. Ryan, get it. We get it. You like Jersey Shore. But unfortunately, we have some good news and we have some bad news in the Jersey Shore universe. The bad news is Snooky Snookers, Snooky Nicole, Snooky Polizzi, she is quitting the Jersey Shore. I am retiring from Jersey Shore. 
I am not She's quitting her job. I am not coming back to Jersey Shore for a season four if there is one. Now, this is horrifying news. Um, she has shared with page six what has finally caused her to reach her breaking point with the MTV show that made her famous. She says, I think when I was like actually forcing myself to be in a situation that I wasn't happy in, like I was forcing myself to be happy. And I'm like, that's not me. I'm not genuinely happy. The reality star 32 said in her upcoming appearance on the Mel Robbins show. That's when I'm like, I'm out. The 32-year-old reality star whose real name is Nicole Polizzi admitted it wasn't a light decision. It was really hard, but I had to think about my happiness and where I really wanted myself to be. And it's being a mom and being with my kids and not drama and drinking, dot, 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 and drama, she explained. Shinooki shares three young children, seven-year-old Lorenzo, five-year-old Giovanna, and six-month-old Angelo with her husband, Gianni Lavelle. Okay, you guys, if you're Jersey Shore fans, you know what the deal is. Gianni is behind this. We know Gianni does not like her filming. We know Gianni is jealous of the relationship she has formed with this cast, with this family. We know that she does not like, he does not like that she is hooked up with Vinny, the, the keto Guido, you know, uh, so it's such a bummer because she is such an integral part of that show. I do think the show can go on without her. I really do actually, because, you know, Sam, Sam, I love when Ronnie was like, you in the equation. Um, oh God, sorry. I'm just, I'm just, I'm reminiscing about how many good moments Linda sent me a clip earlier this week with them like tearing apart, like when Ronnie was tearing apart the bat, the, the bedroom, it was like horrifying. But anyways, I think Gianni is behind this. I think Gianni was very not happy with how Snooki was um, portraying herself on the new season because she still showed that she could get down with the drinking, you know? And I guess that did not sit well with Gianni. So Gianni, I am blaming you on this. I am looking at you. You are breaking up a family and that is not appreciated. We have Mike now out of prison and that is, leads me to my next thing, but that is not appreciated you breaking up our family like this. Ryan, what is the good news? Share the good news. And the good news I'm happy to say is Mike the Situation Sorrentino, uh, he is celebrating. This is This is amazing to me. He's celebrating four years sober. Uh, he bought a new Jeep and he posted it to IG. Someone commented, most people do not come out of treatment the way you have. I'm happy you have an amazing life. People don't live like you. If you want to talk about treatment, maybe you should live humble. Situation responded, don't make a comment about someone's recovery when you don't know their story or what hole they had to dig out of to get where they are now. That is true that I have beat the odds and I am living my best life. I am showing anyone watching that you can beat the odds and be successful. So he obviously bought himself a celebratory Jeep to celebrate sobriety. And then somebody, of course, you know, as we all do on the internet, tries to make them feel shitty. Um, but it's just a Jeep, you guys. Of course, we do need to be worried about the situation because he was in prison for, um, you know, lying about um, his money and his taxes. And he bought a lot of very fancy cars. But a Jeep, you know, come on. It's probably a nice Jeep. He deserves a Jeep. But more importantly, you guys, I am a I am a straight heterosexual man, but the situation is getting ripped again. Like I watched I watched him post a workout on Instagram. I literally I think I watched the full workout. It was like when I used to watch Sheena Shea workout. Like I don't and I was like, oh my God, he was doing this thing where he was like two dumbbells, one in each hand. 
and he was like holding them both. And then he was like with the right hand, he would lift it up and down while holding the left dumbbell at it, like not resting it, holding it. And he was, then he switched. You guys, I could barely lift a sandwich to my face these days. Like this is insane. And I, I am so proud of Mike. There are so few people in reality shows or in life in general that actually do get back on the right track. He is an example to us all. I used to hate the situation, and now he shows me that people can change. I think he is such an important – like the, and he wants to give back. He wants to tell people about drug addiction, about living the straight and narrow, about getting on the right path, about loving uh, the people you are with. He seems like he's in love with his wife. Unfortunately, they suffered a miscarriage, which is horrible – but he seemed even positive about that. Um, you know, it's so funny. I have an Amazon wish list that I I've had for so long and it goes back like 10 years. And I had Mike, the situation's autobiography. Uh, I think it's called now we got a situation. I had it on there and I've never bought it. And I think last I checked, it was like $5. I should just buy it one day. But I remember that being on my wish list. And you know, with your wish list on Amazon, you just like keep, like the, things will stay on there for years because you're like, ah, you know what? Maybe I don't need to buy that situation autobiography. Um, <laughs> oh, speaking of like, so a lot of you guys have been so cool and like sending me Christmas cards and like ornaments and I mean, just blowing me away. And I want to give full credit to all of this in a bit and all, all the companies that have done it. And I made an Instagram post about that. Um, but I used to, so, uh, you know, of course I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm no longer in, um, uh, a marriage I once was in. And, uh, so it's sometimes sad and I'm sure it's very sad for her as well. And I don't really talk about that a lot, but, uh, when we did have a Christmas tree, um, it was so funny because she always decorated it really nice. And I was able to put a couple of, uh, my ornaments on there. And I had a, um, I had a Mike, the situation ornament. I had a DJ Polly Del Vecchio ornament. I had a Snooky ornament. I had a Hannah Montana ornament <laughs> that I got at like Walgreens. And I had a Batmobile. And um, I don't, uh, you know, unfortunately, I I don't think she was like trying to keep those. I just don't have those. I don't know where, where they wound up. But uh, it's so funny. I, I guess we just never change. I'm the same person. Like I like was like looking at my little mini tree and I was like, man, I sure could use Mr. Situation on that tree. Is that trashy or is that cool? Or is it scary or is it both? Anyways, I'm so excited for this new season to see Mike and his uh, journey and what else we've got to see from him. I am going to miss him eating. I hope he does a cheat day that we get to see because one of my big joys of Jersey Shore Family Vacation was watching him eat the cheeses and the meats and the pastas and all of it. I'm a huge fan of like watching people eat if I'm dieting, you know, like I love watching him go back for second and thirds. And in my head, I was just hoping he was going to get fatter and fatter because it would have just been such a funny, cute way. And he seemed like he was like big, you know, uh, big daddy sitch, you know, and now he's like buff daddy sitch. And I liked, I like big daddy sitch, but I don't, I don't begrudge him anything. My God, like the discipline, it's just funny. I'm telling you guys, prison is the way to go for some of us. If we can't really make our diets work, I think prison is a way to force the diet and make it real. The only person it didn't really work for is, um, is, uh, what's her name? The, uh, the girl from desperate housewives, the lady that got arrested in that college scam. She went in for 10 days. Um, and she came out looking pretty much the same. So that, you know, the prison diet didn't work for her, but maybe it just needs more time. 
Um, uh, last but not least, the final story in the Bailey Mail is one of my favorites, one of my all-time favorites. If you know me, I have so many favorites. I'm <laughs> so many favorites, but somebody that's near and dear to my heart uh, made a, I think, a debut live performance of one of my favorite songs of the past year. We've talked about it on this show. It's a sh- it's a song about redemption. It's a song that keeps you going. It's a song that keeps you motivated. In 2020, I still will be singing this song. I'll probably be singing this song for the rest of my life. But I am talking, of course, about one Miss Kylie Jenner. She debuted Rise and Shine. Uh, it was a duet with Justin Bieber, only in the sense that Justin Bieber was there. And then he proceeded to freak out after she sang it and danced across the room and landed into one Mr. Jaden Smith, who was just as excited Corey Gamble, of course, was right next to them. I only imagine Corey was like, these guys got to calm down. They don't see music every day. But it was, I, I, God, could you imagine being able to see a live performance of Rise and Shine? Kylie dropped the tour dates immediately. I demand to see this live. You could literally do 30 cities in a night. It's a very short song. Let me play you the clip right now, okay? Now, let me play it again for the people in back in case you missed the second verse. Listen really closely on this time, okay, guys? I have sources that were there that night that let me know that Kylie was singing live. There was no backing track. Mariah Carey, you wish. The audience was electric. Everybody was freaking out, as I mentioned, because when you hear a hit, you freak out about a hit. Um, it was one of the most amazing videos. Go to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey on Instagram. I have the video up there. Uh, while you're there, check out a couple other videos. I have Ruth Ann Clausen uh, confronting Peter, the manager at Sir. I talked about that on last week's episode, how Peter unfollowed her on Instagram, and she confronted him. And I have one of the most beautiful videos I've ever seen in my life. So go check that out. But Kylie, my God, the talent in that family I mean, but God, poor Courtney literally just got with the short end of the stick. Can't do anything. And Kylie can do everything. I mean, this is, I would rather see Kylie sing this 80, 100 times in a row than possibly go see Sunday Service. Don't come at me, Kanye fans. Laura, don't please. I love Kanye. I'm joking. I just was so excited to see. It'll be exciting to see how Kylie grows as an artist. You know, like, will she, will her sound change? Will she eventually get into deep dance, like, you know, maybe techno, acid jazz? Uh, But it's very exciting. I was very, very happy to see that clip. And that was the Bailey Mail. Uh Uh-oh, you guys, I'm already over schedule. Uh, Producer Linda has given me timestamps on things to try to land things at a certain amount of time. And I'm already just blowing right past those. So we might have to lose one of these segments today. So it's not another four hour pod. Don't hate me. Don't hate Linda. We're going to get these segments. These segments are very well researched. So they will come at a certain time, but let's see how far we get into it. I just, once I start talking, I feel like I'm talking to friends. I am talking to friends and I just kind of, it gets away from me. So, Oh, also, you guys, I had a crazy experience this week. I went to Jojo Siwa's house and saw her holiday decorations. I'm going to talk about that next week on the pod, and I got an interview with that as well. So that's uh, interesting. But right now, um, she is a repeat guest. She has her own amazing podcast, The Brown Eyed Unicorn. Um, and we are going to be recapping season eight, episode 10 of Real Housewives of New York, the second part of the Berkshires episode. 
brown-eyed unicorn, Hannah Brown. Okay, you guys, you asked for She's Back. Um, uh, one of my really, really great friends out here who's actually uh, one of the funniest people I know out here. You might have known her already from her uh, great podcast, The Brown-Eyed Unicorn, which I was on this past week. So stop what you're doing right now. Go to her podcast and listen to that because we recap this past week's jersey. And for her imitations alone, dollar for donuts, it's it's going to be worth all the free money. I mean, you don't have to pay for it. It's free. So that's like a value. So go listen to Brown Eyed Unicorn and then come back and listen to us. Hannah Brown, how are you doing today? Hi, Ryan. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really hungover from a holiday party, but I'm thrilled to be back on the show. <laughs> In touch with your listeners. Triumphant return. My triumphant and hungover return. You saw my outfit and told me I looked like Kanye, and I appreciated well, it. Well, no, like Kim. Like what, what Kanye makes Kim wear now. I should be wearing a chunky sneaker. Yeah, I didn't say. Yeah, his sneakers are getting, like, they're like boats at this point. They are. Do you I ever like get them. like that where you see something that initially you think is ugly, and then you're like, eventually you see it so much that you start thinking it's cool? I think that's what happened with the chunky sneakers, and I also want to say something that I'm not proud of, which is I like violently hate Crocs. Like if I could set every pair of Crocs in the yeah. world on fire, I would. But one time I saw a picture of Ariana wearing Crocs with socks, which sounds like a Dr. Seuss book. <laughs> Crocs with socks, and I thought she looked cute, and I was like, "What the fuck is happening to me?" They Help had a me. speaking of Crocs, they just released a very special edition Post Malone Crocs last week. Wow, um, which really fits to who I think Post Malone is. Mm-hmm. He has his own brand of Crocs now. I, it sounds like he's failing. Yeah. I mean, but the Crocs <laughs> don't even look comfortable and they're supposed to be made for comfort. I just don't like the idea of a foot sliding around a shoe. It and re- if it's a rubber shoe and it's hot out, your yeah. foot's inevitably going to slide. <laughs> and I don't like them. <laughs> now, you, you said um, when I asked you to, when I begged you to do this, that you were in, a, you know, you're, you're working all the time, you're doing the podcast, you're holiday partying or mm-hmm. trying to have a personal life, uh-huh. and you just came from a holiday party last night. Mm-hmm. How do you survive in this holiday season? Because a lot of people that listen to this are yeah. going through similar things. Well, I don't survive. I've been a massive <laughs> cunt to everyone who knows me for the last like three days. Um, I would say I'm really bad at saying no like to things. Like She said yes, you guys. I she really yes is horrible. Podcast. She's horrible. I said yes to like feeding my friends cats. I said yes to driving my boyfriend to LAX on Christmas. I said yes to all the shifts. I like truly want to die right now. So I would say if I could give you any advice, it would be just say no to things. Like literally just just be like, no, sorry, I can't. So in the new year, will you start saying no to things or do you think you're just a lost cause at this point for the rest of your life? No, I, I, it's tricky because I'm in a position where like, I don't, well, obviously if I can guest on a podcast, I'm never going to fucking say no. Sure, it's no. fun to do. Yes. You're my well, you friend. You don't get paid for this. Yeah. It's, you know, right now, right now, 2020. Yeah. No, I mean me, I'm not going to pay you. Sure. But or you're like, sure, right now. No, yeah. And yeah, sure, next year I'll be like, Ryan, here's my invoice. No, I'm kidding. I'm just saying like, this is something I like doing, but as far as like feeding someone's fucking cat for free, like I probably should have said no to that. Yeah. They would have figured it out. Like I've literally. This is but you're a good person too. I, I mean, know. that's not just a fake thing. You're actually no, a good person. No, I am person. a good person, but it's like you cancel out the good deed when you're a bitch about it being like, wow, I mean, I really don't want to and it's really inconvenient, <laughs> but I mean, I guess because you have no one else like, you know, so it's like. 
there's a fine line. Um, did you drop hints for what uh, we talked about your boyfriend on the first uh, time you were on here? Did you drop any hints for holiday gifts that he should get you? Like, how did you? Because this is like you didn't have a boyfriend last holiday, and you I know you really sure love this dude. Yeah. Like, so how do you, how does Hannah Brown go about hinting at what she wants for the holidays? Well, I made some parameters. I well. I'm easy to shop for because I'm poor, so I want and I need everything. <laughs> so, like, you really – like, you could get me a nice candle and, like, I'll be excited. But Would I, you cry? Would you tear up at a candle? No. Okay. I would just be like, fuck yeah, candle. Um, but I did say some specific things like, hey, nothing with unicorns on it, nothing with cats on it, and no pop culture items. Really no pop culture items? I mean – Well, you from, actually work with a good company that actually has cool pop culture. Yeah, totally good time. Like hooks my shit yeah. up. They're amazing. Hannah 20 at checkout, 20% off. But they do have a cool Mariah Carey invented Christmas yes. sweater that I've seen you wear. Yes. Yeah. And like Gold Half Moon company, yes. obviously. If I could afford any yeah. of her shit, I would buy all of it. Kay, I love it. Hey, you're listening. Yes. Kay, hey, girl. Love your stuff. But like – I just think like you start a pop culture podcast called Brown Eyed Unicorn and then for years everyone thinks I'll get her something with unicorns on it or like I'll get her some pop culture stuff and I love it but I'm also like okay but I'm an adult and I need like pants and I need like nice sweaters that don't have like shit on it like I need that's so sad because I need some adult things I'm an adult but I don't realize it so I'm like yeah, give me trash. I love it. Like all the pop culture stuff. I mean, maybe I, mean, I'll I sound change. like a I sound like a brat. No, right you now. don't. But I'm just saying, you actually sound like you're somebody with style. Where I'm like, like if I had like if I had a poster of Dorinda Medley, I'd put it in my room. You know, oh, like, for sure. That's like not healthy for an older man. I've wanted a <laughs> I wanted a print of Sonia like in bed with the glasses and the tiara, like with the remote. I've wanted that for years. There's too many images, and then you think like, when is it? Like wins, then it's too much. Yeah, because you don't also want to be the guy that like you bring somebody over and then it's just wall. Like you're a straight man and it's yeah. just wall to wall like housewife and posters, like pop culture. Yeah, and... like welcome to my room. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I mean, I I also just I've gotten really into the morning show and like Alex. That's Levy's, the Apple TV. Yes. Okay. And Alex Levy's entire aesthetic is like my dream aesthetic. It's like a thick tortoise shell glasses moment. Is it's that like, Steve Carell's uh, character? No, Alex Levy is Jennifer Aniston's oh, character. He's that- a monster on the show, but I love Steve Carell. But um, and she always wears like monochromatic outfits, so it's like a cashmere like camel sweater with like matching pants and like a cute bag. Yeah. And like she just always looks like clean and crisp and put together. And that's the shit that I can't afford, and that's the shit that I want. So it's like Jake knows that. I made it known. Wow. Now yeah. that's that's I mean, but does is he the kind of guy that feels pressure of like I hope you like this or does he is he pretty confident? No, of he like, fucking knows. Okay, cool. Yeah. So uh, yeah. <laughs> the other question, since you are hungover, um, one of your listeners and and um, my my new intern, intern Linda, who I yes, told you about, Linda. Um, she wanted to know that. Um, so when you are hungover for something, what is the what is your go to TV choices? Like, what is if you oh. had all day to be hungover, yeah. what would make you the most comfortable? I would say probably just old seasons of Vanderpump Rules. Really? Yeah. It's like ASMR to me. Or like I was watching a really shitty like Christmas movie like early on this morning at like 9 a.m. I just put on like a random Christmas movie. Now what are those like – can you explain the feeling you get when you're watching a rant? I mean is it it like – is your brain making fun of it? Is your brain comforted by it? Is it – comforted by it because you're making fun of how cheesy it is i think or it's do you... that yeah okay yeah and it's like soothing it's soothing because i can really turn my brain off and essentially be on my phone the entire time but like yes. i know how it's gonna end i don't really have to fully invest or pay attention like i'm not gonna like 
sit around and watch like The Revenant when I feel like shit. I'm never going to. That's gonna, true. I'm never going to watch it again. I'm never going to watch it, period. I've never seen it and I don't uh, want to. I, I think I really, I remember really liking it. I don't want to see Leo DiCaprio like rot in the snow for his craft. I'm not interested. Yeah, it's crazy like that. Like, that's when it gets crazy. Like, you think the fun romantic comedies, you're like, that's fun to do. But then you're like, that's when it gets silly as you get older. You're like, oh, Leo had to pretend like he was a woodsman in the olden days. Yeah. And he was, like, scalping people. Yeah. Like, that's got to be, like, a director comes up to you in regular clothes and his old clothes. And, like, in this scene, right. you scalp this gentleman, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's when I think, like, am I even a good actor? Because I'm really not interested in doing a movie like The Revenant. This will bite me in the ass someday, probably. <laughs> but, like, I don't think I'd be good. Ryan, I'm up for The Revenant, too. If you could uh, edit some of this out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the sequel to The Revenant. I just don't think I would be believable in, like, a period-style role. I know. Like, I would look like Lala Kent in a period-style role. Remember when she was in that movie? And she was in the courtroom with like a little like pin curl. Well, it hasn't come out her, yet. But her face still looked like well, fully plastic. And the lawyer next to her had gigantic fake boobs, which yeah. I'm like, they did not, not that I remember. It looks like, like a the, porno. Yeah, like the 40s or 50s. Like, I don't think they had like gigantic fake boobs back then. I don't think so. Like, I don't even know when the first gigantic fake boob existed. Yeah, when did the first implant happen? Maybe that's the movie. Yeah. Um, what if that could be a lifetime movie? Like I the, feel like. It would be like the movie Joy, but with implants. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <I laughs> Instead hope. of like a mop or What's whatever. What's her the name fuck. that's in that, Joy? Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, Jennifer Lawrence. Do you like her? Seems like you. Mm. Like it could be hit or miss. I think I'm just jealous of her, if I'm being perfectly honest. She irritates me, but I think it's because she's selling what I would like to sell. Wait, you said the other day on social media, and I didn't get the story. Did mm-hmm. you really see Ryan Gosling in your neighborhood? I saw Ryan Gosling. What I mean, and how did that happen? And you said a lot of people, your friends, did see him before, but you've never seen my him. My fucking roommate has seen him, and I was like, listen, Kelly, you're one of my closest friends, and I love you, but this feels like a betrayal that you've seen yeah. Ryan Gosling, and I wasn't there. So my boyfriend and I were out to dinner, and to protect Ryan's privacy, I won't say where, but it was in Los Feliz, and it was close to my home, which I will Chili's? not tell Yes, it was the chilies and Los Feliz. And and we go in, and my boyfriend had never been to this place for dinner before. And I was like, oh, we're probably going to see someone, just so you know. And so we go. Prepare yourself. Yeah, (laughs) gird your loins. And so we see Jennifer Westfeld right away. Oh, which is John Hamm's ex, right? Yes. I was like, Queen Jennifer. Then we go in and sit down, and we see Zoe Saldana. Jeez, the stars were out. And we see Jenny Slate. Sure. Wow. Then we see. Right. I, so Jake's facing the dining room and I'm facing pretty much just the door because I was like, I'm going to give him the good people watching spot, which is when. Wow, you, that's huge when you're like me, a pop culture person. I know, I know. And then I turned around and made direct eye contact with Jenny Slate and made her uncomfortable. But yeah. um, I ultimately had the best seat in the house because I literally was like, talking to Jake and then I just was like Ryan Gosling's right there Ryan Gosling's right there Ryan Gosling's right there Ryan it'd be Gosling's crazy if you right just there. wet yourself like, you know, like an animal <laughs> yeah. that's scared you yeah know? totally and I was just like oh my gosh to me oh my gosh <laughs> he is like the pinnacle of like my celebrity crush my hall pass I think he's so talented and so handsome and so I love talented him. I love oh. Canadians I love the movie Drive Drive has given us so much it ties but into you Vanderpump actually, Rules you probably paid attention to the movie Drive you I probably did. could tell me the plot line as opposed to Jackson Kristen. I could tell you that it's a film noir with an 80s watch, which I say all the time, but it's a really good way to describe it. That would be great to ask if we ever play like a trivia game with Jax, yeah. which I'm just putting it out there. Yeah. We'll, we'll never do that. But it, I would love it for that to be the question and him like, hey, what movie has an 80s flair with a Neuer? Like, and, and him and Kristen would just have zero clue. Yeah, they'd be like, what? They're like, you've done things to it. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so seeing him was, it was a really important moment so, for me. 
what did your guy have? Because my initial, if I saw Ryan Gosling around a girl I was dating, I would be like, that guy's a piece of shit. You can tell. Yeah. You can tell that guy's an abusive guy towards women. Like, I would <laughs> literally just start bagging on him. I think he just was too busy, like, laughing at how obviously flustered I was. And he thought it was funny. Oh, oh okay. I thought like, you meant Ryan was laughing no, at no, you. No, no, no. Jake. Yeah. Jake was like, he, like, had the giggles and was like, oh, God, here you go. Because I was like, oh, my God. Who was he with? <laughs> He was with some other like dude, and they were like going to. Dinner. Did he seem like he was having a good time? This is always what fascinates. Like, do they seem real, or did he seem into his own feelings? I feel like I, and I don't want to make this up, but I feel like I have a specific image of him doing like kind of like a brotherly like pat on the back to the guy he was with, Classic. and like leading him to the booth and being like, "Hey, like, what's no, up? you first, yeah, yeah totally, yeah." yeah. Um, the other person, every you mentioned Jennifer Westfield. Everybody has a John Hamm sighting in this area. Everybody, this bitch, he's everywhere. I've seen yeah. him so many times. I've had so many of my girlfriends go. Yeah. I had a John, and they're always still excited, and I'm like looking forward to the decade when they stop being excited about seeing John Hamm. Yeah. Honestly, I kind of wished I hadn't seen him around because I I really am a big fan of his and like I just like you don't want to see your idols that many times. Like you but okay, if he was Paul Giamatti, would he still be your idol, Hannah? That's what I'm trying to like I, I fucking love be, Paul Giamatti. Okay, okay, bad you're <laughs> a bad person to ask. I just think most girls they're not his idol. They like him just cuz he's hot. They don't I, even watch Mad Men. Sure. I watch Mad Men. I know you do. Okay, but. wait. I want to say too, I was feeling really down about my finances and my LA journey, which like when I stopped to actually like list to myself the things I've done since moving, I'm like, Hannah, calm the fuck down. Everything's fine. But like, yeah, you've you know. done more than most. Like, I've lived, I, you've only lived out here a couple years now, and we've talked since, like, you've done so much you just don't give yourself credit for. Yeah, because I am working on that in therapy. But you know, when you like have a moment where you like run into the right person at the right time, yeah. whether they're famous or not, it's not an LA thing, it's just like a life thing. So I waited on Jack Black the other day, and he's oh. like notoriously very nice. And he was so nice to me. He taught me what a Roy Rogers was. Did like, he do it and he's like, hey, I'll tell you what a Roy Rogers well, so is. He's like, can you do a Roy Rogers? And I was like, what's in that? Probably. And he was like, it's like a Shirley Temple, but with Coca-Cola. So it's grenadine and Coca-Cola. And I was like, wow, Jack Black, you're so Jack Black right now. And then he <laughs> tipped me like obscenely well. And he was so fucking nice to me. And he just like bounced. And it like restored my faith in humanity and in this town. Yeah, I mean, the only thing, I mean, I always want him to be a nice guy, but the, the major takeaway for that to me is that, like, that's crazy he's, like, able to drink grenadine so freely because that's so full of sugar. I think he ordered it for his son, TBH. Okay, okay, yeah, okay. Yeah. I was like, that's so crazy. He's stuck like, to water. Okay, good. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Anyways. <laughs> on, so last week we did on this episode, we did the Berkshires episode, season eight, episode nine. And this week I wanted to touch really briefly on episode 10 because you, to me, are the go-to Roni person. Oh, and by the way, speaking of money, um, go to Hannah's Patreon for Brown Eyed Unicorn if you haven't already. It is it is worth it. She did like three special episodes last month uh, just out of nowhere. So I think the content is really good. And you guys know Hannah. She's worth it. So if you have any extra money around the holidays, please go check that out. Thank you. But season eight, episode 10, what overall even – what is your feeling on the Berkshires? I love them. Right? I love everything that happens in the Berkshires. The Berkshires have given us so much. Yeah. I mean – and. This to me was like uh, the start of like a Justice League um, Avengers cast of yes. just all heavy hitters. Even in watching back, I have this new appreciation for Jules even. Yes. Um, but who is your favorite, do you think, of like Roni of this time period? Did you have a favorite? It, yeah. Okay. So like historically, my favorite was Bethany. 
but I thought she was she was rough this season. I don't think she holds up well when I you watch like back. I didn't like this yeah. season. I I would say probably um, probably Dorinda. Yeah, Dorinda, because Dorinda has it all because she's she really and not to keep hitting that she does make it nice, but then if you hit the wrong. The, hit her at the wrong side, like she explodes in this yeah. really unique way. Yeah. yeah. Her hands turn into like razor blades. She starts pointing. She's like, <laughs> I was really uh, excited that also I got um, really joyful in this episode because you got to see Dorinda's game closet. It was, that was one of my favorite parts. It was like stacked with games. And was I was like, just like, Life kids, lad, Twister. Just be Twister. A few kids of Twister. And she takes it out and it's just her and Jules. I mean, and by the way, goofy. So just to recap of what we did last episode, there was a line, I don't know if you remember, that Carol sits down next to Jules at the tree in, in episode nine and go, mm-hmm. and Jules goes, I, I brought cards against humanity. And like she's yeah. quivering. And, uh, and Carol goes, well, Asians are very good at games. Or like something really She did blatant, say something fucked like up about so, the Asian community. Yeah. Oh, and off topic really fast. What if... Would you wear a Carol vibrator necklace that she loves to um, advertise for? Fuck no. Yeah. I literally thought that was a parody. Like, I didn't understand it was real. And then I was like, oh my God. Could you imagine? I mean, just like, (laughs) I would just be so scared of like, did you clean this thing? Like, why are you wearing it? Yeah, exactly. You have to like scrub it. I'm just picturing just like, even if you scrubbed it and then you put it on, there'd be like wet spots on your sweater or whatever you're wearing. It's not right. You don't need to combine those things. Um, So at the beginning of this episode, there's already like, well, we see the previews for previews. Previous episodes with Sonia and Bethany are in the midst of the fight of Tipsy Girl Skinny Girl. Yeah. Now explain to the if you guys don't know at home what is Tipsy Girl Skinny Girl. Um, well, Tipsy Girl is a short-lived prosecco company that Sonia started, and Skinny Girl is a an empire that Bethany created. They now have salad dressings. They have really everything at this point. Jeans. They have jeans. Has Sonia had any companies that aren't short-lived? I don't think so. I actually I think her clothing line is doing okay. Really? Okay, yeah, yeah, because I did see her post something. Because people can order it and wear it, and, like, there's a website that works. Um... And then we, so so we see these previews for the, the what's been going on this season. Then I just want to really clarify again when they do the like, if you can't be cool, you can't be with the Countess. Yeah, I think is I think Countess will take anybody. I don't think they need like I don't think Countess knows what's cool unless it's told to her. Well, I love how as she's saying her tagline, they show a clip of her with a hula hoop being like. <laughs> Like, she's so wacky and cool. Oh, who's that hot lady with the hula hoop? <laughs> she, like, rolled up to that party, like, trotting up the, like, the driveway, like, oh, well, hi. And she, like, hi. had her hula hoop, and Carol's like, it's embarrassing. Oh, my God. Wait, do the Carol again? Carol. I feel like I'm just ripping off Ben and Ronnie's <laughs> oh, Carol. Because <I> <laughs> they, they're good at Carol. I have had a really hard time doing Carol for so long. My, the, I can't. Say Carol's name without laughing because remember that movie with um, the brilliant actress Kate Blanchett, Carol. Yes, yes. But I, <laughs> I just for some reason every time I hear Carol, I think of like I'm Carol. What's yeah. up, guys? I'm Carol. That sounds like Teddy Mellencamp. <laughs> <laughs> you got your goals? Yeah. What are your goals for the new then year? Get your story straight. Hey, my little kid's a brat. Yeah. Um. Uh. So so we start in and it's. Once again, from the last episode, uh, Bethany or Countess Lewitt apologized to Bethany over text, even though they were in the same house that, hey, sorry, I didn't have anything to do with Skinny Girl. And then Bethany comes down and overhears Countess Luann talking shit to, I believe, Ramona or Dorinda about her. And then it explodes. Mm-hmm. And Bethany, when she explodes, it's just nonstop. 
Yes. Um, she's like, Bethany says, you're not honest. And then she like brings up, she's like, uh, Sonia says, you fuck younger guys. And then Carol comes in. And uh, it, it just becomes like kind of a uh, a double team on on Luann. This fight is gross. Like, here's my thing. I get when you go on a reality show, you're expected to like air your dirty laundry. But like, like slut shaming Luann to me is just like stupid. And like Bethany's like, it's not the fact that she like fucks a lot of dudes that she acts like she doesn't. But I'm like. Why do you care? You can't slut shame too when part of your argument is like, she fucks a lot of dudes. So do I, but she's annoying about it. Right, exactly. You fuck everyone <laughs> and you pretend that you don't. And he goes, you wrote the song, Be Cool, but you're not honest about how you live your life. Yeah. And I'm like, the song, be, you're reading too deep into the song, Bethany. I like, know, exactly. Um, and then Bethany's like, you need to walk the walk and talk the talk. I fuck young guys all the time. Um, this is a question I had is that as... This is not you're not going to be able to shed a tons of light here because sure. you're young, but it's really seems I don't know if it's just this New York set. Do older ladies just want younger guys? Is it like older guys wanting younger girls? Is it even that way? Because I thought, you know, I mean, Lou went for Tom, but I don't think so. I think like I, I mean. I think it all obviously depends on who you are. Like, I feel like Carol and Adam actually worked really well for, like, years. But, I mean, like, I'm sure there has to be, especially if you're, like, you know, single and, you know, figuring your shit out. I'm sure there's an appeal to just, like, fucking a younger dude because, like, like a young hot guy just because he's young and hot without actually... It's like clout. You're getting yeah, clout from Yeah, it. it's, like, like, it's a fun, like, and I'm sure... This guy can't pay his rent. Right. Check that out. Right, but it's like, I wouldn't want to... If I were, like, an established woman of a certain age I wouldn't want to date some young dude who like doesn't have his shit together but it would be like fun for a night you know? yeah I guess she's having a lot of like what they're saying is she's having a lot of fun for a night yeah and then Sonia that, that bachelor pad must have been insane like yeah could you imagine like Sonia and uh, Lou meeting in the kitchen like after their dalliances and they just like high five each that other that's fun I mean yeah. I would love to be a fly on the wall for that no totally I mean if guys yeah. can do it girls can too so then we kind of cut to Jules and Trinda like going through the game drawer and this whole fight's going on and Drina's like hey Twister yeah and they're and Jules is very excited about Twister too she's obviously pliable mm-hmm. um do you think mm-hmm. Jules is the Jackie of this cast because of her eating disorder mm, no I think she's a little more charismatic than Jackie wow wow okay Jackie <laughs> it's not a lost Dolores I don't consider it a lost Dolores, Dolores. I just think like even though Jules is like I like she annoyed me, but I still found her to be like pretty watchable. And I thought her like commentary was actually kind of funny sometimes. It is crazy though. It's like a song that you didn't understand at first. Now, when I go back and watch season eight, I remember not liking Jules, but I find her really charming and calming. Yeah. I guess maybe where I'm at in my life. And I thought it was fucking hilarious later on in the episode when she says that she forgot she had kids and she's been super relaxed for 24 hours. Like, I love that she had the balls to like admit that on camera because most parents I don't think would. Well, she tries to make the best out of every moment. Yeah, totally. Um, so then we go back to the fight and uh, Bethany's like, girls don't want to bring guys around you. And Lou goes, that's heavy. Yeah. And like, she, but she, you could tell Lou was like, damn right they don't. Yeah. Because uh, I'm a yeah. hot mama. I don't know. Women feel about you that you are the woman who they wouldn't want to have their man around. That is real. And it's okay. That is real. Maybe you're not that person, but you have to make women feel like you're the person. I've never stole anybody's man. Sonia said you slept with half of her boyfriend. She always tells that. You're going to believe Sonia. What you're talking about, Bethany. Yeah. Yeah. Loving it. Yeah. Uh, Like, you should be worried, girl. 
Um, then we're to Sonia. Uh, all of a sudden, Sonia wasn't invited on this trip, so now we're at Sonia's townhouse. I love this scene. Now, Caesar, her stylist, is with her, and I confused yes. Caesar for an intern at first, but I guess it was her stylist. Yes. Um, uh, she's making a gift, I think a gift package to send to her daughter. To her daughter. Wait, that was Ramona. <laughs> <laughs> no, to her, Ramona could be there. Her yeah. daughter at, uh, at boarding school. Yeah. Um, and it's this, the shittiest package of all time. She literally tries to put leftover food leftover, in po- it. Like a bag of popcorn with crumbs at the bottom. And Caesar's like, why would you give her shit that's been opened already? And she's what? like, it's fine. And then she's going through all her shit. I mean, this is so Grey Garden, so wacky. She's like, the interns take the ramen noodles, but I save one for us. It would be nice to just send her something, because I guess, like, if she's opening, you know, her friends are opening stuff from their parents, she probably feels like, well, I want to open something for my mom. My daughter's away at school. My friends are in the Berkshires. Maybe I'm under a little bit of stress without my kid at home. Do any of my friends care? No, they think I should just be alone at home. Can I send her the rest of this popcorn? Why are you going to send her open shit right now? All right, I already ate half these figs. We can't send that. Oh, I hid the rest of the snack bars because I don't want the interns to eat them all. We have one ramen noodle for us. I keep it. And she yeah. like holds like a ramen noodles package yes, up. I love when she holds it. She goes, ramen noodles. I save that for us. The <laughs> granola bars without the added preservatives. I mean, she this loves me, those. Could you imagine Sonia in like some kind of um, underground bunker situation in the end of the world? Oh my like God. just going over supplies. Like who gets the tuna fish? She's such a hoarder. Oh, and and then, then when she's like, this is... And she doesn't know what it is. And then she, like, talks about how she doesn't want to wear her glasses around the house. And, like, they're like, but you can do, like, a sexy librarian thing. The interns are, like, trying to get her to wear glasses so she knows what shit is. It made me really long for the, the toaster oven to exist because I would have loved to have seen Sonia on QVC because the way she describes the product, she's like, these are cheap washcloths. You can just... You can just dab them yeah. and throw them out. You can just dab them, throw it, and then they get some kind of toy, and then everybody's like, "It's a sex toy," and then they're putting it on their bottoms. And then the and intern's stuff. like, "Or you can just wrap a cord around it, like for an outlet." Like she describes its actual use, and they're like, ah. <laughs> "Yeah." I mean, so I just imagine Sonia's daughter is so used to so many weird care packages. Yeah, I would be so pissed though if I was at school and I was like, "Oh fuck yeah, my mom sent me a care package," and then it had like half-eaten popcorn in it. Like, what the fuck? I mean, I'm the only person that would enjoy that. You. um, I just like if it was Sonia's bag, then you would like save it, like (laughs) you know, like put it in like a shadow box. If you go (laughs) a hope chest, yeah. If you go back and watch this scene, I would really, you guys at home, go and look at the interns. Just follow the interns in this scene, yes, because their facial reactions. They're trying to agree with everything Sonia says and like encourage her, but at the same time. It's catching them off guard and they can't like agree with something crazy that quick. So they're like, oh, they look horrified and then they're like, oh, yes, yes. Yeah. I think being Sonia's intern would be the most stressful job where you don't get paid of all time. Have you ever seen Mr. Holland's Opus? Oh, with um, what's Richard Dreyfus? Yeah, it's all like he's a teacher, and through like thirty years, and at the end, there's all these scenes with all of his students like clapping him. Yeah, he's like clapping for him. And he's retiring and yeah. stuff. And I want that for like, <laughs> I want Sonia and all Over her interns into- from the decades. Pickles. To, like, she shows up, and they're all just like, "Yay!" I'm sorry. Random side note. Speaking yeah. of Mr. Holland's Opus, that made me think of Mr. Feeney from Boy Meets World, and I just want to say that I always thought it was really aggressive in like the last episode when. They're all in Feeney's classroom, and Eric goes, tell us you love us. I don't like when they try to make Eric Matthews, like, serious. And he's like, tell us you love us. And he, like, I think ends up doing it. But I'm like, don't pressure Mr. Feeney to tell you that he loves you. Yeah, let him come to it on his Yeah, terms. exactly. Like, you can't do that. Did you know Mr. Feeney also did the voice of Knight Rider to the car? 
Do you no, remember? I, but yeah, that's that probably behind. Sense. That's probably before. That's way I thought he was really time. hot in 1776. As he's, still, he's still alive. He's a fox. You do have a weird thing for like older, like you, I mean, this is not the first time I've heard you say something like, yeah, okay. That you don't understand. Well, no, it's just like, I guess it, it gives me hope that there's somebody for everybody. Not yeah. that you're going to end up with Mr. Feeney, but like. Ryan Gosling, Mr. Feeney. Yeah, I a, like them what, all. What an array. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was just thinking of like a Hannah advent calendar and each one has like a different, like older man or a different something. guy that I want to fuck. <laughs> no, make love to. Um, so then Bethany and Lou were back at the. Ramona is brought up saying, I'm, oh, oh, because uh, Lou is reminding everybody, she's like, I'm dating a guy that Ramona would want to date because of Tom. Oh, she's so smug about Tom. It's infuriating. I said this last episode, but what are your thoughts on, like, it seems like for this friend group, there's only two men in New York City. Mm-hmm. It's Tom and uh, Harry. The Harry. Harry Dubin. Harry Dubin. Like, Harry Dubin co- will be on my advent calendar. <laughs> <laughs> Or like, what if they're trading cards? And I'm like, I'll trade yes. you a Dubin for a Tom. Yeah. Um, there's. I've been to New York. There's so many guys. Why is it these two guys are getting passed around? I don't know. It's insular. It's icky. And I'm just like, people think outside the box. I like, feel like this is like patient zero for some kind of weird disease that's like rich people get. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, totally. Um, and then uh, Carol just kind of like. It's weird. Just Carol like is like a floating presence in a lot of these scenes. It's like the Babadook or something weird sure. where she feels like she's part of the haunting of the Berkshire's house. Yes, she could be a ghost. Um, we need to give her like a big candelabra and like a nighty. And the, but also this is like still we're still on the Bethany. You have sex with married men. She's still like hitting Lou over and over Who again. Who cares? And Lou's like, I'm checking a list. I'm checking it twice to take me down. Compiling a list and checking it twice. Take me down. And then her talking to us like, I'm Teflon, honey. They can't burn me. Can Teflon burn? Yeah. It's like really quick. uh, I also felt like Carol was, she's like the emotional equivalent of Flatsam and Jetsam from The Little Mermaid to Bethany's Ursula. She's just a slithery little eel. It's like, yeah, let's go. But it amplifies their relationship so much sadder now because you know how it ends. Yeah. And seeing what a, a little pip, like she was like, Bethany's little just minion minion and to see how it ended for her she must feel stupid going back and looking what like a pawn she was and yeah and now she's you know like advertising vibrator necklaces remember when Jax once proudly right proudly she loves it yeah do you remember when Jax called Frank Hurley a pun he's like you're a pun (laughs) instead of of a pawn dude it would be season one Vegas episode look it up if you could go back and like make like the pop-up video, like we have like Jax watch the video and you record audio mm-hmm. of like, Oh, you see what you said here? This is why it's wrong. Yeah. You, you just know? correct him. Um, he would just block you. And re- I was like, going to yeah. say, yeah. Um, You're anything new feeling wise on Jax this week? Mm, no, still not a fan. Yeah. Um, anyway, but we talked cause you were at the fancy AF book launch party and he was not there. He was not present. And we talked about that on your podcast. Brittany I just was, it- that's interesting. Brittany was there and, and he, he was at wasn't. Home riding the Peloton. I'm trying well, this is what I'm trying to do. My um the person that like does a lot of my photoshops and stuff, I do poor ones, but I have someone that does good ones. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to make a horror movie poster that says Jax Taylor is the Peloton husband. Oh, and it's sure. like the like Brittany on the Peloton and then Jax's face uh, over like like a lifetime movie hovering yes. over. And the yeah. the He's caption would be her. um uh run with me, not from me. Ooh, creepy. Jack Taylor, the Peloton it's husband. It's really scary. Yeah. It's like, really good. Yeah. <laughs> I just need approval so bad. <laughs> um, okay, so um, 
this is when it starts, Bethany starts bringing it down here and she starts giving Lou compliments about, well, I think you're one of my more cultured friends, which I thought was yes. interesting. And then Ramona comes in at the tail end of the fight going, lower your voices. Yeah. Which I think is, Ramona always seems to add something that's already obvious. Right. Um, uh, not, I mean, this is just kind of a big fight episode. And then all of a sudden we're like at like, Hey, we made two lasagnas, one lasagna and one kosher lasagna. Yeah. One's kosher. And Jules was so excited. What does a kosher lasagna consist of? I I mean, I just don't know what kosher means. I mean, I'm a very like, like I'm like a diet Jew, you know what I mean? And like, honestly, I love the name of my podcast. I think it's clever, but I do think it's like semi-false advertising because I'm not like this conservative Jewish person that knows all the Jew rules. I know you're not supposed to have meat and cheese together, so there's probably something going on there with that lasagna. Okay, I was all I was like, no cheese in the lasagna, probably no meat. Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, did you notice on the table there was uh, really good product placement of Ramona's wine? Yes, there was a lot of bottles of Ramona Pinot Grigio. We can't get Ramona Pinot Grigio anymore, can we? It's no. Not- Unfortunately. Actually, I don't know. Actually, I'm speaking out of my ass. I don't really know. I'm hungover. Sorry, guys. No, which then also led me to believe uh, you didn't go to Stasi's podcast taping, did you? I did not. Did I, They have the Witches of WeHo wine. I know the Witches of WeHo are in like a tailspin right now. Sure. Possibly. But Stasi is somebody that I could see like having her own wine like someday. Stasi's I mean, going to be fine. I truly have no idea how she snapped back from all the shit she stepped in a few years back, but she has risen from the ashes like a phoenix and like her career is totally set. I saw the poster for her new uh, leg of 25 dates yeah. on the podcast tour and it makes her look like um like she's a stand up. Uh-huh. Like, I mean... It's, That's kind of like what she's doing, I But think. it's, like, really reinventing herself where I think we talked about this. Like, yeah. she would be the one cast member, I think, that could leave Vanderpump and not be really fine. miss a beat. I also just want to say that her font on all of her merch is the exact same font as mine on my podcast, um, like, logo. Are you going to take and, action with that um, No, I just want to say I had my logo well before Stassi released you did, that actually. merch. So I don't want anyone adding me being like, you're a ripoff. I'm tired. Stassi is shook. Yeah. Um... So now we're uh, – Santa. this is great. They're dinner, and Santa comes in, who at first, like, sounded a lot like Melissa McCarthy. She's like, oh, ho, ho, ho. Yeah. <laughs> and it did take me even a second to realize that was a woman because I was like, that's a – See, do you think that Santa was paid? No, I think that Santa was Dorinda's sister. sister in other Berkshire's episodes uh-huh. remember this past season and mm-hmm. I was like that shoe would fit if Dorinda was like you know the girls would love it if you dressed up like Santa yeah and then Bethany made a comment like well it's the year of Caitlyn so and I was like ooh yeah when they did that in the previous episode the Countess the uh, Countess Luman, Luman which is just like it's funny but it could be a hair yeah yeah there was also like an old episode where Ramona was like I thought it was a drag queen but it was Luman and I'm just like, though, yeah, it, it darks me out a little. But, it, you know, the climate's changed even in the few years since 
this show was on. I remember being at work the day the Caitlyn Jenner like uh, uh, cover came out yes. for the magazine she did. Was it Vanity Fair? I think it was Vanity Fair. Yeah. And um, it was the cover. And I remember at work overhearing two women talk shit about the cover. Not that it was like a trans thing. Mm-hmm. That it was like, oh, she looks like shit. Da, 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 da. I was, and I literally Whoa! was like, I literally was like. Welcome to being a woman, Caitlin. You did it. Like, yeah. just girls talking shit, you yeah, know? Yeah, being mean. Um, I mean, not all girls are mean. I didn't mean like that. It's just no, that it was, I know, but, you know. No. Um, so the Santa, the female Santa uh, is passing out gifts. Yeah, Bethany's like, I think Santa has a vagina. Yeah. Um, Ramona, <laughs> Ramona, she's like, we really needed this. This is great. Yeah. Oh, yes. And she's like, thank you so much for coming, Santa. I'm so happy you came. She was so happy. Um. The countess gets a glass and she's like, what does it say? Slut on it? Oh, yeah. Great. Um, And Carol at this point is like, I'm done pretending with the countess. I can't even, I can't do this. No, Ramona picks up the manager from Turks and Caicos. Is this when she put the napkin over her face? Ramona coaster, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Love that. I love the idea of Ramona like abducting a human being. Well, Ramona, I think like in, like she is getting prettier and prettier as the years go on. Like mm-hmm. really, I find her very attractive now. I don't like when she talks; it loses all. But like, what do you think that conversation is? And like her connecting with a guy, like what does that sound like? I don't know. When I, I mean, she has no problems getting men. But when I watch her flirt on the show, it makes me pretty uncomfortable. But it almost I'm inter- that's like you thinking Ramona is hot is like the Mister Feeny equivalent. No, she's legitimately hot now, I feel. But like when she talks, like how can you get around that? 100%. Like would you hook up with Ramona? (gasps) Ryan, you're wild. Is she she deaf? Yeah, no. Ramona I think is just extremely attractive. But what I have a hard time picturing is that conversation that I think would be a huge boner killer. And like imagine waking up with Ramona the next day. I'm like, oh, I got bed breath. Yeah. Just – yeah. Good morning, sunshine. <laughs> How did you sleep? Or just, or like, you would imagine like waking up in the middle of the night and she'd still be up staring at you. Right. Or like, like I can't yeah. sleep. I can't sleep. If the dude like tried to get up early to sneak out, she'd be like, where are you going, handsome? Like, she, you know. <laughs> I love watching you leave. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, for sure. Um. Uh. Okay. This more like, still like this whole episode is just about like slut stuff. Like, yeah, they're just calling shaming. each other slut. Um. Yeah, so then Jules and Dorinda are talking. They're the only, like, nice part of this episode. Yeah. Um, Then all of a sudden, Carol and Bethany, it's the next day, and they've decided to leave. They just, like, book it out of there. It's so fucking rude. Like, they're just such a bitchy duo, and I'm honestly happy that their friendship didn't work out because it was, like, hard to watch them be so bratty to the other women. I mean, you, but we've all been in those situations of, like, pulling that at a party or something and it never goes well. Well, you do the right thing though. I mean, for me, I will Irish goodbye at a bar, like no problem. Like, yeah, yeah, I'll, yeah. cause I'm usually in a corner with like the two people I'm closest with anyway. And be like, Hey guys, I'm going to go. So good seeing you. I'm going to sneak out that I don't have a problem with. But like if someone hosted you at their home for like multiple days, like oh. you do the right thing and you say goodbye, you give a wave. Bye guys. Thank I you think so that's much. what the movie do the right thing was about. You know, yeah, right? like not leaving, but yeah. no, you're right. Like you can't do that if you're at a location that you've slept at yes you can't just disappear yes but these people these like they really when you watch back these are bullies and they don't look great doing what they do but it's like bethany's world kevin her driver who i don't think is her driver anymore no because albie is her driver now that young guy Manzo? no don't bring him up around me (laughs) but like i wonder he'd be in the advent calendar do you 
Do you? Well, when he's like seventy, he would be. Do you? <laughs> do you? Do you know what happened with Kevin the driver? Because no. they seem very close. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe Kevin retired. Maybe he made enough money and was like, "Bye." You think he made it? Okay, you think he was like, "I'm living the good life now." I like the idea of that for Kevin. Zewat Nehu. It's like the end of Shawshank Redemption. He's on an island. Um, mm-hmm. That doesn't really make sense. Um, I have a theory though that he got dropped just like Bethany drops every person in her life. Scary. No, like, Sad. like I just have a feeling she does that. One day you wake up and you're not her friend anymore. One day you're in, the next day they, you're out. You're out. Yeah. Um so then uh Dorinda's pissed they left early and uh everybody, Lou, Ramona, they all pick up on somebody else's pain. So they're like, Oh, what a horrible person. Yeah, I feel like Luann was the most affected. She's like, They just left. They just left without saying goodbye. And Dorinda's like, I think they're gonna come back inside. And Luann's like, No, they just left. And Bethany's like, I'm right here. I'm right Carol here. Carol left right her here. necklace. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, Okay, bye. She's like, What what are you talking about? I'm right here. And then she like awkwardly hugs everyone. And it's like they initially were not going to come back inside. I think they just like last minute felt guilty and then we're like, okay. I love that Jules could never Irish goodbye because nobody really ever remembers she's there. Right. Oh, yeah. So sad. Um, uh, yeah. So uh, Luann also was just so excited about that because it was like somebody else getting in trouble yes. besides her. Um, so now we're back at home. Oh, I love you for coming and I love you for leaving. Yeah. Dorinda was uh, like, she was like. I gotta say, I'm happy to see you go. I love you for coming. And I love, or yeah, yeah, I love you for coming. I love you for leaving. She I was could, just kind of over it. I could literally live in your Dorinda accent. I want oh that. God, it's like, you. I need to get, like, we, you need to sell ringtones. Oh, sure. Like, that would be actually a great Patreon bonus. Um, So, Jewel, like, then we're back at home and everybody's like, Jewel's uh, is with her kids, Rio and Jagger. What's the deal with everybody naming their kids Jagger? Like, Dorit has a kid named Jagger. So true. Um, Everyone likes the Rolling Stones. Is that, I mean, or was it, sadly enough, the Maroon 5 song moves like Jagger? What Probably scares that, me? yeah. yeah. Uh, Jules is like, all I do is cook and clean. Michael's not a hands-on father. This scene was actually truly sinister, if you really pick it yeah. apart. Like, she's like, how do people do this without a nanny? Like, all I do is cook and clean. And then she, like, makes fucking coffee, and she's like, it looks good, it smells good. And he's like, Wow. I'm really impressed. Like, the way he talks to her yeah. is like, you're a fucking idiot, and I don't love you. And I'm boinking, like, five, like, 21-year-old girls on the side. Remember the, the the one housewife from New York that she's not on anymore that her husband was on, Ashley Madison? Yes, Kristen Takeman. Yes. And they're still together. I know. And he looks like shit. Have you seen yeah. him lately? No. I don't think I want to. It's, no, look, it's really, he's... Yeah, that was a really sad storyline. She was like, Josh, Josh. And he like clearly hated her. <laughs> she was, but also she yeah. was boring. Um, <laughs> so then we cut to Bethany and Carol, who of course are doing the most Bethany and Carol thing, eating avocado toast. Yes. Um, and they're, they're talking shit about the last couple of days, yeah. of course. Uh, they talk about Dorinda having ghosts in the house, which is just dark, knowing Richard and his balloon past and stuff. I feel like that's just hurtful in a way. They don't say Richard by name. I'm also just like, okay, fuck you then. You're not coming to my house next time. If you're going to make fun of it when I open my home to you. And it's the nicest home. It's a beautiful like, even house. Even if you don't like haunted houses, it still works. It's a beautiful house. I love that house. Um, and then uh, Lou, we're now we're at a we're at another party. Um, Luann is in a jumpsuit from, oh, my collection. My collection. Well, yeah. Love. Yeah, it's like a full lace jumpsuit. I it's kind of busy. I forgot they all have collections. Like, once you get to, like, a certain TV show, you just get a collection. And then she has, like, a statement necklace to go with it, like a sparkly statement necklace. Uh, I wish there was just a, a full museum of all the collections. Right. Like, I know they had a little bit of BravoCon, Bravo but I feel yeah. like they could go deeper and make it a, a brick-and-mortar museum. Yeah. I was a little sad that this wasn't the holiday party episode, um from a different season when they hired that band and the band was like, I, 
The man was like, I want to fuck you in the ass. And her mother was like, oh, my goodness. This thing, I want to F you in the A. I want to fuck you in the ass. It's so fucked up. I just now I thought of something horrible of, like, uh, Ramona, like, uh, F me in the A. Uh, no. You started it. Okay, Luann, uh, so now they're at this different holiday party. Luann apologized to Carol, and Carol laughs. She's like, you know, I just wanted to say I'm very sorry for calling you a pedophile, a pedophile, or yeah. however you spell that. And Carol goes, because <laughs> she also, then Lou says, I miss you as a friend. And Carol does not say it back. No. I mean, I, but just classic, because I would, like, I would feel so pressured into having this. I know. That's, I honestly kind of admired that because, yeah, it's like Carol's clearly like, Luann, we were never that close. And like, I don't really give a fuck. So, Carol, I know that you didn't think I was sincere when I said I was sorry about what happened between us. Yeah. I want you to know that I'm really sorry. And I went too far. And I should have came too sooner. I'm sorry. Okay. And I miss you as a friend. Oh, well. So I appreciate you saying that. Uh, Sonia then enters, and that's the big thing because Sonia was purposely kept out of the Berkshires. So yeah. now is the ender. It's Sonia and Bethany, the, the mano y mano, but nothing ends up happening. Well, here. what do you, I wanted to ask you this. Like, do you think Dorinda did the right thing excluding Sonia from the Berkshires or no? Um, I know what she was thinking, but no, mm-hmm. because there was already so much drama. Then why not throw that into the mix? Like I right. don't like, and also if the whole thing is to get, I could see why, but it ended up fucking her in in the A anyways. Yeah, you know? like it did not end up working out. But I understand it. You're just, uh, I guess it was a little selfish and horrendous part that she didn't want it at her house. Well, what bothers me is like this idea that we all have to tiptoe around Bethany and if Bethany's mad at someone, then they don't get invited. It's like, let's not fucking invite Bethany then because she clearly didn't seem like she wanted to be there. So I didn't Well, blame- Bethany did, like, it is fascinating those arcs is Bethany did have that feeling with what's her name in earlier seasons with uh, Jill. Zara. Yeah, 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 totally. Like she did get excluded. So it's interesting now that she's the one doing the excluding. I know. And also though, when you do it with Sonia, it's like picking on like a hand yeah it's not not a fair fight and i honestly just i i feel like i can understand where dorinda was coming from as a host being like i don't want to like like you know pour kerosene over the situation by inviting sonia like knowing that her and bethany were having issues but i'm also just like but invite her just invite her and like make bethany rise to the occasion and not be a dick like just be cordial yeah because you're going to you're all fighting with each other anyways and right. being weird with each other. Why not throw right. something else into it? So, uh, you know, as we wrap up the episode, this whole thing is just that Sonia does not have that fight with Beth. Not They don't have that argument. Bethany literally runs out of there, mm-hmm. and Sonia won't really force the issue anyways. So it's yeah. two people not wanting to talk to each other, which is just then the drama is all non-drama, and it's just people reacting to them not talking. Yeah, but I felt bad because Sonia was just, like, crying. She's like, they always gang up on me. They just gang up on me all the time. Like my ex husband, he lost it. She lost it too. Don't go. No, because don't go. Don't go. I wanted don't to go. be at Dorinda's in private to talk about this. I know. And that, that's just what, like we told you what you should say to Bethany. Suggestions. Listen, I never promised that it would say anything. So Listen. if someone doesn't want to talk to you, they don't Maybe want to talk to you. Maybe this is the wrong place. Yes, the right place was Dorinda's. I know. That was crazy. It was sad. Because knowing who she is through all these seasons and that arc is just. 
you don't like Sonya doesn't work when she's getting picked on. Like the the true joy of Sonya yes. is not watching her get picked on. It's watching her be um, like a loon a little bit or having yeah. fun a loon. I don't yeah. even like the Morgan plates. I mean, it was a, a historic moment, but I don't even love that. I love it just when she's like partying. And I don't mean like shit can wasted, like alcoholic. No, like I want to see her on the jitney in a diaper. Yeah. And talk and you like know? talk and sex stuff. You yeah. Know? Yeah, totally. Like that was crazy. I know my guest last week didn't really like we got it was like the only scene that Sonya had was the tightening of the vagina scene. Right. And she didn't really like love that. But I was just like, what an iconic thing to have the one scene Sonya's in is just about her literally saying five times like it can't get any tighter down there. The guys won't like it. Yeah. Like what confidence. I love it. I know. I love her. Um, So that's the end of the episode. You know, overall, do you. I mean, do you, does this get you into the holiday spirit at all? Yes. I actually, the other night was telling Jake, I was like, yeah, we could watch a movie or we could just watch every Christmas themed episode of Real Housewives of New York. And we haven't done it yet. But Cause like, you didn't vote for that. Um, well he had a screener of knives out. So we wanted to watch that instead. I just watched that last night. How good was that? Okay. I so mean, it was he, so the, the throne, throne, thrombies, yeah. Mr. Thromby. Yeah. I really loved it. It gave it me like on. a noises off, like theater erection. You, Dude, yeah. noises off. Only theater people will get this. It is one of the like uh, Peter Bogdanovich does a great film of it too. I thought yeah. I actually really I've never loved actually that. seen it. It's really good, but like noises off is such a theater yeah. nerd. It's a kid. staple. I played Belinda Blair and I was amazing. But I love that mm-hmm. like clue kind yes. of feel of it. We were talking know? about that too. Like we both just love like an ensemble film that's like a whodunit mystery yes. that takes place in like one house. Like I, I loved it. I did think Tony Collette was miscast. Uh, but luckily she wasn't as big of a part as I thought she was right. going to be in I the mean, previews. I feel bad cause I live and die for Tony Collette. Like it's not her fault. I just it's don't a think choice she, she's making though. Yeah. I don't think she like, and I, I'm all for thinking outside the box, but I'm like Jane Krakowski would have been way too obvious for that kind of role or like a Kate Hudson even, but I think Judy Greer would have been really good. I think I would be really good in like 15 years, honestly. Judy Greer would have been great actually. Yeah. But I love when like. It, it's one of those balls out movies where people get to try new things. Totally, which is what's and cool I, about it. Yeah, and like there's so there's such an ensemble. Like you know, I was very into Don Johnson. Yeah, like he had very a small part as well, but it, like the he had like such a twinkle every yes. time he talked. He you was know? really fun to watch. Yeah, I also um, want to say that the actress who played Marta is in a terrible movie called Knock Knock that I recapped on my podcast two years Keanu ago. Keanu Reeves, right? Yes. I saw yes. that at, when it premiered at Sundance, and everybody was like. What? It's the weirdest movie yeah. I've ever seen. He's like, you fucked me! You fucked me! It's, it's, <laughs> it's the craziest uh, movie uh, women, ever. W- women violence towards men, men violence towards women it's, in it. It's a it's wild bizarre. film. I recapped it on my podcast and made fun oh, of it like two years ago. I don't know anybody else that knows that movie. Oh my God. Well, guys, listen to which, it. By the way, you it. actually did a, on, uh, you did a It Follows episode, which is one of my favorite horror films yes. as well, because you did a, a couple <laughs> Halloween <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, but Marta, I was just happy to see that that actress has gone from knock-knock to, like, this awesome blockbuster film. Well, she also did the sequel to Blade Runner, where she played the love interest of Mr. Ryan Gosling. I know, I know. I, I saw those oh pictures. Oh, my gosh. Those were, I mean, those were hard photos for me to see on Google. I was like, what has she been in? Then, then Blade Runner came up, and I was like, ouch. Yeah. It's upsetting, too, when you're like, oh, I think she might be able to act for real. Like, yeah, you like, know, she's like, very she's good. good. She got nominated, too. I know, but Golden Globe, that, does that oh count? God. 
I mean, uh, it would count for me. <laughs> Hannah, where can we find you? As always, we need to find you. We need to support. Hey, thanks. Yes, you do. <laughs> no, thank you for having me on. Um, I'm hungover, so I hope that this wasn't, you know, painful for you guys to um, listen you're to. Exactly on my how end. you are hungover as you are in real. Like this is perfect. Thank you. Um, follow me at Hannah A. Brown on Instagram and Twitter, and listen to my podcast Brown Eyed Unicorn, and head to Patreon.com/slash Brown Eyed Unicorn for Patreon Patreon exclusive episodes for just five dollars a month you get access to all of them thanks and if you want to start off like just like hey like start off with the episode that me and her did last week because yes. it's a really good entrance point if you love bravo which we all do yes start there and then dig in because she has fun stories about our lives she has fun stories about movie like uh it's it's worth it so Thank you guys you. check that out and we will talk to you later bye, bye. That was Hannah Brown, again, from Brown Eyed Unicorn. Go check it out. Start with last week's episode where we recap Jersey. Uh, it is a lot of fun. She is great, and we love the same things. I always get uh, such a kick out of her. She's uh, really funny. Um, a couple personal updates. I'm really going to try to get this show under three hours, and we got a lot of stuff to cover, so here we go. Um, some personal stuff. I talked in episode two and a couple times since about water bottle on the head couple. Somebody asked for an update, so let me give you one. Let me explain who they are really quick if you do not know. Water bottle on the head couple is exactly how it sounds. It's a couple that walks with water bottles on their head that I I bump into at Runyon Canyon because I love hiking. So it's this couple that I always see and sometimes I see – if you go to my Instagram, my personal Instagram, RyanBailey25, I have water bottle on the head couple as one of my highlights because I always will sneak a photo or video of them uh, because I'm just that way. But I've never had the courage to talk to them. And I explain that, you know, I have a lot of like, I want to, you know, I want them to be so in love that they're an older couple. And I'm like, what is it? How did they even get to be walking around with water bottles on their head? I mean, what is the story there? It has to be incredible. But I'm always too scared to get that story because I got to, I got to tell you, the guy looks a little, he just looks older. And I said before that he looks Russian to me. There's like a, it just looks like he could, not like kick my ass, but just that character in the movie that knows how to play poker too well and that you screw up his hand. So he's like, listen, buddy, I'll, I'll show you a thing or two. Like, God, I'm just bad at accents. But I've never had the courage. And I've chickened out a couple times. Everybody keeps asking, like, talk to him, talk to him. I haven't seen them now in about a month. But I don't get to go hiking as much because of the stupid podcast. But when I do hike, I have not seen them. But I, I am ready to talk to them, but I don't know what their voices sound like. I don't know really what the story is, so I've made up all these stories. I don't know what they sound like until I did get an update. Um, a couple weeks ago, one of my friends uh, that lives in a different state in D.C. or, you know, um, <laughs> sent me a video of his buddy that lives here hiking in L.A., and I opened the guy's video and it was like, hey, this guy's – they walk with water bottles on their head. And he went up to talk to water bottle on the head man. The woman wasn't with – and he – the man wouldn't stop. Water bottle on the head man wouldn't stop. So the guy was running with his camera going like, what's your deal? And sure as shit not, the guy has a thick Russian or Slovakian or some kind of accent. But it was like – we drive, we chose to walk with the water bottles on our head, you know, and it was very, and it, 
literally I pissed myself. I shit myself. I was like, oh, I'm never going to talk to this guy because his voice even scared me. It was exactly the voice in my nightmare version of Water Bottle on the Head Couple. He wasn't mean, but he wasn't like stopping to talk to the guy. He like was kept on walking. So here's the deal. If I see Water Bottle on the Head Couple, I will talk to them because I have promised you guys and I will record it because I just now record everything. Um, and that's also starting to be a problem. I shouldn't do that, but I will do that for you guys, but, um, just know that I'm very scared. So I wanted to give you an update that I do now. I have now heard his voice and what a voice it is to our Bailey blunder section of the show. Bailey blunders. Of course I fuck up a lot. And these are stories of those fuck ups. This story is somewhat of a holiday story. Um, it, took place a little bit right after the holidays. Now, last week, I told you a story of me dry humping uh, my ex-girlfriend in high school and getting caught by her mother. And it was just a horrifying story. It was before we were actually having intercourse. Um, Horrifying story. Horrifying to tell. I'm sure horrifying to listen to. Um, I just want to put that image in your head again. Me just dry humping like a rabbit on somebody's jeans. Okay, you're welcome. So this story is right before the holidays. Now, my dad took me and this girlfriend, we had been dating now for a while, and we were now having intercourse. Not on this trip with my dad. I mean, we did, but not near my dad. I'm saying we were now, you know, sexually active and wearing condoms, of course, because that's, you know, wearing condoms. So maybe I shouldn't tell these stories. So anyways, we, my uncle... Uh, used to live in Glendale, California. My uncle passed away a couple of years ago. Rest in peace, Uncle Dale. I love you. By the way, that's why I hike is because of my Uncle Dale. Uh, my Uncle Dale was an avid hiker, hiked every hike you could possibly imagine in California. And when he died, he left me his hiking book of all of the hikes in California. So you probably, if you follow my Instagram account, you'll see me hiking a lot. So that's because of my Uncle Dale. And I, I'm trying to hit all of the hikes in the book. But anyways, this is not about my uncle, but rest in peace, Uncle Dale. Um, my Uncle Dale and Aunt Barbara, they lived in Glendale, and we were visiting. My dad, my girlfriend, and me went up there before the holidays, and we were going to go to Disneyland, which we did, and we went to Universal Studios. It was a real great trip. And, you know, we were 17, I think. Uh, so that's, what, five years ago now? No, we were 17, and I, uh, you know, the stipulation was my girlfriend had to sleep down in the bunk room. And I had to sleep in the couch in the living room and my dad got a bedroom upstairs. No problem, right? Sure. But I'm like a horn dog at 17, I guess. I guess I was like a theater geek, but I don't, I remember like, but then it was like agreed that I would, this is so, I would like sneak down into her area and then we would have, you know, intercourse and then I would uh, run back upstairs and then go to sleep on the couch, you know. And if you guys have heard me, you know I'm a basket case. It's like I'm not like there's no suaveness to this. Like it's literally I'm already stressed going down. Like got to do this, got to do it quick, um, which is not a problem for me. I'm very quick and joking. No. Um, so, uh, you know, we do the intercourse. We do the thing, you know, great, greatest three minutes of our lives and whatever. Uh, flush the condom. Everything's great. Perfect. Go to sleep. Well rested. We go to Disneyland the next day. Perfect. Great vacation so far. We're all loving it. 
I go to, you know, my ex goes to sleep, my dad goes to sleep, and I'm there reading uh, on the couch. I used to like to read. And I notice my aunt is, uh, she's not leaving. She's not like going upstairs to go to bed. And I'm like, okay. And everybody's asleep. And my aunt finally comes over to me and she goes, uh, hey, hi. Hey, how are you? Uh, good, 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 good. Having a good trip? Yeah, good trip. You know, it's so funny. We've been having so much trouble with the downstairs bathroom lately. And it's just, it's just awful, you know, plumbing problems and the like. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, plumbing, I, that sucks, you know. Hopefully I'll never own a house to this date. I don't, so that's good. Um, I don't know where she's going because I'm an idiot. And she goes, well, we just, you know, it keeps clogging. And we had another one of those instances uh, this morning. And that's when it dawns on me. Wait a sec, wait a sec. Downstairs toilet, downstairs toilet. What did I know? I've done something bad in that downstairs toilet. And then I remember flushing the condom. I remember laying on my back and, you know, I just must've been pale as a ghost at this point. Cause uh, she goes, well, so we called a, you know, I called a plumber out and your uncle was at work and, and uh, the plumber came out and, you know, he fished around in there and um, we found the clog and it was a condom. And uh, I was like, was it a Magnum extra? What? No, I'm joking. I was not like that. I was like, uh, um, and she goes, uh, well, I don't think it's your dad's because your mom isn't here. And uh, I know it's not ours because uh, we don't wear condoms. And um, so I'm guessing it might be yours. And at this moment, I was I was like, I don't, you know, I was like, no, it is my dad's. Are you kidding? I think he's cheating on mom. No, I didn't know what to say. I just said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And she was like, no, no, no. I'm now I'm glad. I'm glad. You're having safe sex. I'm glad you're having safe sex, but I would prefer if you didn't have sex in this house. <laughs> you know, I was like, I'm like, of course, no way. I mean, that's all her. She wanted it. I mean, she she needs it. No, did not say that either. But I was so apologetic. I was so horrified. Imagine then like her going night and like I remember I just couldn't sleep. I was just horrified. She never told my dad. Uh, I never told my ex. And so I just lived with this secret until now, until now. So you guys are the keeper of this secret. Oh my God. I just realized my mom listens. To this. I'm so sorry, mom. I, my mom still thinks I'm a virgin. Oh no. That was Bailey blunders. Um, on a personal note too, you know, uh, you guys know watermelon, my nephew, and he unfortunately is not able to be on the show lately. Uh, but what a, what a champion of a kid. So I've been looking for replacements for Watermelon, unfortunately. The show must go on. If Lisa Vanderpump leaves, Denise Richards is in. If Watermelon's out, I got to get a new Watermelon, you know? So I've been holding auditions, and uh, they don't, you know, these kids don't know they're being auditioned. But um, I was at a holiday party, and one of my best friends, Jocelyn, who I've known since college, uh, she has uh, an awesome daughter uh, and an awesome son. And we were at a holiday get-together that we've done now for the last 10 years or so. And it was really nice. But what's really great about these holiday parties, no shit, it really is nice, is that you get to watch your best friends that you love have lives. You know, like you, you see them have kids. You 
see them uh, have you know significant others. You see breakups sometimes, but you also see new people come into the picture, and it's very interesting when you when you look at your lives through kind of like the scope of a holiday party because you're like thinking like, man, I've done like ten to fifteen parties this time of year with these same people. And anyways, um, so I was, uh, I forgot to bring my podcast equipment cause that would have been great. But, uh, Junie, uh, her daughter started talking and she is just a real special kid and has like as much spunk and wit and really drive as her mother does. And I, uh, she was talking about uh, her basketball team and, or her, her PE coach and her PE coach, um, treats the boys a little differently than they treat the girls. So I'm going to play a little clip of this, and I hope you guys like it. And sorry about the background noise. This was all done on my iPhone. You're 11, right? Or 12? Or 13? 14. How old are you? I'm 16. Okay. Okay, so... And then this coach called Coach Freddie came. And... So we were playing this game called Silent Ball in the music room today. And... One of the kids that he favors because he's a boy and he always plays all the sports and he always wins for every single game. Yeah. Um, he he like he, he got out and the coach said, "Hudson, come here." Whispers in his ear, and then. The coach was staring right at him, knew that he was out, and he stood back up. And the, and they, he was like this. Oh, so it was like a boys' club. Like he he yes. led him back. And then he didn't get mad at anyone. So you're saying he treats the boys better than he treats the girls? Yeah. And then when he makes a mistake, like sometimes he, like we're playing basketball and whichever team Hudson is, Coach Freddie always refs and puts like that team in favor, so they always end up winning. And so what are you going to do about it? I'm going to write something on a piece of paper and have everyone sign it. So you're going to write like a, a thing saying, if you agree that Coach Freddie favors men against, boys against girls, sign this. <laughs> do you think people will sign it or do you think? Oh, yes. So the girl, wait, so the girls agree with you or do the guys agree with you too? Like, do you go around like, I mean, is this like an open conversation or do you like, see, like talk secretly? Like, oh, let me, let me ask your opinion on something. It's just, it's just an open conversation. So aren't you afraid though he'll find out that you did it? What? I'm just going to ring to our uh, principal. But you're not afraid like of what will happen to you? He'll, he'll kill me if he finds out. <laughs> so you're not afraid of dying? Wow, that's good though. Literally, that's a good way to be though. If you believe in something, that's a good way to be. Literally kill No, he won't literally kill you. He'll literally No, he won't literally kill you. In fact, if he's going to kill you, then your mom wouldn't let you go to school. Well, maybe she would. I don't know. You can fend for yourself. I'm going to punch him in the face. <laughs> what are some of the other things that he does? Like, is he the one that like, talks about girl push-ups? No, that was Coach Nestor. Oh, do they make... Do, wait, is it still the thing where the girls get to do push-ups on their knees? No. Because I think that's... that uh, Girls are stronger than guys with the push-up thing. And girls get such an advantage with the push-ups on the knees. Um, so uh, before we get to more fun, crazy stuff where I uh, say idiotic things, I want to take a moment to um, talk about a story that moved me this week. And, and maybe a lot of you guys that are Bravo fans are aware of this story already. It was very new to me. Um, this week I was scrolling on Twitter and, and somebody that I'm uh, friends with, Shira Weiss, on Twitter um, 
had posted uh, a video from Frank Catania from Real Housewives of New Jersey um, for a Catherine Strong. And then I, I watched the video and I immediately started crying and I didn't really even know what Catherine's story was. Um, but it originates, I guess, with a, a Facebook group called Bravo Junkies. Um, so I did a little bit more research and I, and I found an article here and, and I'm going to read this a little bit of this and uh, give you guys a little bit of a clue. And this is, this is very sad, but this is uh, part of life, part of the holidays. Uh, this is from uh, showbiz cheat sheet by Gina Ragusa. Uh, it says the power of social media took over the Bravo network as a slew of members from fan group Bravo junkies asked Bravo liberties to send one of its alien members messages of hope and support. When Bravo junkie member Catherine Wright shared that she was battling stage four ovarian cancer, she also revealed in her blog she didn't think she had much time left. Her hope was to live to experience Christmas and watch her nephews open their gifts. When members read this message, several reached out to Bravo liberties, which is the 28-year-old's 28-year-old. 28-year-old favorite network. Uh, first, Captain Lee from Below Deck received a tweet from a member. Um, Captain Lee recorded a 10-minute long emotional cameo video for Catherine, um, and it kind of took off from there. Video messages came in from Bethany Frankel, uh, Chef Ben Robinson from Below Deck, um, Ronnie and Ben from Watch What Crappens sent a great message, and their whole you could see their whole audience in the background. It was really, really nice and special. Uh, Joelle from Below Deck Mediterranean, Colin from Below Deck Med, uh, Hannah from Summer House, Craig from Southern Charm, um, uh, Andy Cohen even recorded a message. He said, I have been inundated with comments about how wonderful you are and what an amazing person you are. And I just wanted you to know I'm sending you so much love and you are very loved. Um, so, you know, I, I, I just, uh, this, this story moved me very much and I'm going to play Frank's message in a sec. And, and I, I dare you not to, um, tear up, but you know, I don't think Catherine has listened to my podcast or would know who I am, but, uh, uh, I guess she's making a huge, um, impact on a lot of people and, uh, I hope she makes it through the holidays. Um, I hope she is able to give those gifts to her nephews. I don't understand life sometimes. I guess, um, the only good thing, if anything, is that it kind of shows, uh, the stuff that we like. There is a community here and hopefully we can be nice to each other. And uh, this seems like a really special thing that all of these people reached out and did for Catherine. And she must be a really special person if, uh, if everybody uh, did this for her. So um, I'm, I'm praying uh, for Catherine and I hope you guys will all uh, give a little thought her way uh, if you listen to this. And I'm going to leave you guys with Frank's message because I thought it was just uh, kind of shows what a guy he is. And um, yeah. Okay. Hey, Catherine. It's Frank Catania for The Real Housewives of New Jersey. And Shira told me what you're going through. And then I looked up on your page and I gotta tell you something. I've never met you personally, but you have a fan in me. Just by the way of the attitude that you keep during the roughest of times, makes me be embarrassed about some of the things that I get upset about. So just know you have somebody who looks up to you for the way you are able to keep such a positive attitude during such a rough time. And don't ever give up, please don't ever give up. No matter how bad it looks, 
there's always a chance for a miracle. And know that you are in my prayers every single night. And I'm praying for a miracle. And don't forget, as much as you may be a Real Housewives of New Jersey junkie, you got the number one fan in Frank Catania. God bless you, Catherine. God bless you indeed. And, and Shira, thank you so much for allowing me to share that message. Uh, my thoughts are, are with you, Catherine, and your family. Ooh, uh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Moving on. Um, and, and let's move on to something that, uh, somebody that is, as um, inspiring in her own right. Somebody that has, uh, also given me a lot of, uh, uh laughs and smiles along the way. One miss Caitlyn Jenner, baby. What's up? What's happening? Everybody. I'm kindling Kylie's daddy. Um, okay. I have not talked about Caitlyn in, and maybe here and there, but not, not to the length in which uh, one Miss Caitlyn Jenner deserves, because there has been a lot going on in Caitlyn's life. Um, she just recently was a part of, I believe it's an Australian reality show. I can't believe different countries have their own reality shows. Um, no, she uh, she had she was on the, uh, the show I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. Oh, I'm sorry, on the British reality show. Um, she was on from November 17th until her elimination on December 6th. So I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here is where they take a lot of B a C list celebrities and put them all in a jungle and kind of make them survive. I guess it's like a, um, it's like a big brother house or kind of, but with celebrities kind of. And, um, so there are a lot of clips I want to play, uh, of her journey on this show, but I got to tell you, I miss her. Do you guys miss her at all? I don't know what your feelings are on her, but I just, you know, of course we saw Bruce's journey on the Kardashians and we saw Caitlyn's, the beginning of Caitlyn's journey. And then I am Kate, of course, on E, which only lasted two seasons. Um, I love Caitlyn uh, because I feel like she's finally able to be herself. She's learning to be herself. Uh, you know, Bruce, I know, wasn't all the time uh, a good father and, and uh, you know, her Brandon and Brody will will say that, and I think Caitlin admits that as well. But it's round two, baby. I'm ready to go. So I find it interesting that somebody like this does these reality shows. So I don't know if they want to stay in the public eye or they need money or or what the deal is. But Caitlin has so much wisdom to impart, and 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 she imparted a lot of wisdom onto her castmates. So let me walk you through a little bit of her journey on this show, uh, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. Let's go team. Not just another day, another day to excel, another day to be great. <laughs> Rise and shine. <laughs> yeah, I did a joke. Cause Kylie, I'm Kylie's your daddy. I, I created Rise and Shine. Hey. No, this this video, this clip is amazing. You can find it on Twitter. Uh, I have it on my Instagram page uh, from a couple weeks back because it's it's fascinating because you can tell they're in the jungle. You can tell what it looks like. She's like motivational speaking to these people. And, uh, you know, there's a shot of a poor guy that looks like he's just uh, on the verge of tears, very scared. And Caitlyn is looking rough. Caitlyn looks like she's in the jungle. She looks like she has that, you know, four weeks in on Survivor look that uh, everybody gets on that show. Oh, 
Caitlin did turn out to be the motivator of this group. And in this next clip, you're going to hear a lot of that. And uh, the visuals, you know, it, it, it seems like she had a way to wake everybody up. Um, you know, time to rise and shine, baby. Let's motivate, uh, which is great. It's always great to see Caitlin motivating people. Um, it shows Caitlin with a big wasp in her mouth. So obviously they were doing kind of fear factor stunts. But listen to this. In the camp, I predict I will play the part of the motivator. Good morning, jungle. Let's go, team. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. It's another day to excel, baby. I predict I'm going to get star. Here comes freaky. After star. It's another day to excel. After star. In the jungle, I predict I will make some great friends and have them for life. I just love Caitlyn Jenner. I love you, Caitlyn. I'm having the time of my life. I'm not leaving. I honestly am very protective about Caitlyn. And so it is nice to see when people love her because I don't know if you guys, I mean, I know this might be short-sighted, but I feel like she has been given, <sighs> I don't know, I go back and forth on this. The short end of the stick sometimes. I know, I know she hid such a huge secret, but it was like, if you can let Scott still be a part of your family, why can't Caitlyn still be a part of the Kardashians? Like they all remember, like Kim was like, I'll, I'll loan you my clothes and everything, you know, and, and the Chris thing. But then she read, wrote the book and kind of, I guess, took Chris Jenner by surprise. I know there's so much hurt on both sides. But remember the holiday party last year, the Kardashian holiday party, uh, Caitlin was there. It was like, yeah, baby, I got the invert. Ring-a-ding-ding. Ho, ho, ho. Um, but I still know she just, I don't know. I just sometimes get worried about somebody that's like not treated their family or I don't know, sometimes exactly the right way and how that ends up. And I don't know. Sometimes I feel like Caitlin's a tragic figure. I don't know if you guys get that at all, but it still seems like Kendall and Kylie, um, are very, you know, awesome towards Caitlin and very comfortable with her now, or that's what at least the appearance is. Uh, here's a great clip from the show where Caitlin can't understand somebody asking how much she tips her hairdresser. How much do you tip your hairdresser? Uh, Rosie. How much do you tip her? How about I zip her? No, tip, tip. <laughs> oh, how much do I tip her? Yeah. <laughs> oh, I don't know. Usually 20 bucks. Right. Yeah, I tip my hairdresser as well, baby. Um, so these are the those are the clips I do have that I was able to find. This show is not readily available for us to enjoy. But let me actually break down a couple of the things that were spoken about uh, that actually she did reveal on this show because that's, I think, why they have these celebrities on. They have to probably – you know, reveal like three or four really good tidbits while they're on to like, you know, earn their keep, as you will. Uh, so Caitlin did discuss her ongoing feud with Chloe. And the ongoing feud started after the release of her memoir, The Secrets of My Life. It states they haven't talked in almost five years. Um, so Caitlin stated Chloe took the news initially very hard. When asked by a cast member of Caitlin feels Chloe was being selfish, Caitlin responded, I don't know. We are really close. I raised her since she... No, I'm not going to even do that voice. Uh, Caitlin said, I don't know. We were really close. I raised her since she was five years old. I really don't know what her issues are. Uh, and that made me sad. But Chloe, of course, 
uh, has only discussed this twice publicly on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Chloe stated she was angry about Caitlyn wrote the memoir about Chris. On Ellen in November 2015, Chloe stated she had a hard time accepting the transition because she found out on camera and other business people knew before her. And actually she did. She spoke about it three times because she also went on Howard Stern and spoke to him briefly about it as well. So I do understand for Chloe it's got to be – but Chloe, she does. She keeps that anger inside her. But if you can forgive Tristan, my god, if you can think about getting back together with that douchebag, give Caitlyn a chance. Come on. I know there's probably stuff I don't know here, so this could be completely ignorant, but I just want everybody happy. It's the holidays. Um, Going on, uh, Caitlyn states that the Kardashians are the royal family of entertainment. I do not disagree. Caitlyn asked if other contestants thought the Queen watches the show because it's big in the UK and then added, because in some way I'm part of the royal family of entertainment. One royal family meets the other royal family, you know? Here, I got boobies. When asked how she'd feel if Kendall married into the royal family, she responded Kendall would have to give up everything, specifically social media, and none of her kids would know what to do without social media. Spoken like a true parent, Caitlin. Um, God, it just that would horrify me for Kendall to be in the royal family, to have to see her more than I already see her. Kendall, stop. Kendall. <laughs> Sorry, Linda, my producer Linda wrote Kendall wishes, and I agree producer Linda. Uh, Caitlin states Kylie spends three hundred to 400000 a month on security. Note security is a big operation for Kylie because it's needed everywhere she goes. Asked by another contestant if it bothers Caitlin her daughter's deal with that to just go shopping, Caitlin responded, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's all right, but they've been doing it forever. They like, they like having security guards there. Um, that has to be weird that they just grew up with security all around you, but 300 to 400,000 a month. Is that possible? This adds up to $4 million a year on security alone. And social media has noted that number has to be inflated to include all the private jets she takes for security, LOL. So she's maybe including those private jets flights into security. Is security a tax break for the rich? I mean, like, are private jets? Can you deduct that? Uh, Caitlin states, there's no way Robert didn't know OJ was guilty. Now, definitely, I agree with this. Caitlin admits to seeing Nicole two days before she died. The girls believe the verdict, and Caitlin told them just because he he wasn't found guilty didn't mean he didn't do it and said he could never be talked about in this house again. You will not talk about OJ in this house again, baby. No way. (laughs) I'm OJ. OJ. Sorry, I used to do OJ on uh, the other podcast, really realizing stuff, and I'm trying to remember how I used to do OJ. Um, OJ, I don't, I don't think I can do it anymore. Claimed there was no way Robert wouldn't have known that OJ did it. Claimed to have went on vacation with OJ and Nicole, and he didn't like OJ because of his big ego. Sounds like Caitlin might have a big ego as well. But yeah, come on. Is there any OJ truthers out there that think OJ didn't do it? I just, I really think that is short-sighted in so many ways. I think he definitely did it. Um, I think I've talked about maybe on this podcast before how much I loved the OJ Made in America documentary that ESPN did. It was a five-part documentary. One of the most amazing, incredible pieces of work I've ever seen. Um, I have also talked about, I am such trash. Every time I talk about something, I was like, I also tried to buy an eBay book uh, he wrote these letters in prison, and he had signed copies, and I tried to buy a signed copy on eBay. Thank, I mean, I lost. But what a what a piece of history. That would go in my my trash museum that I'm coming – I'm going to create one day. Um, okay, now this is sad. At elimination, 
no family was waiting for Caitlin. But Sophia, Sophia Hutchins, her, well, who we thought was her um, girlfriend, filled in to support her. Uh, so no one was waiting for her, and fans took to social media calling out the Kardashians. Uh, Sophia surprised her at the hotel and both made Instagram posts about it. Yeah, look who's here. Old Sophia came to, to surprise old Caitlyn. Woo! Uh, but then Kim defends the Kardashian Jenner. Jenners. Kim states that no one from I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here contacted them to set it up and states it was a storyline for producers to garner more sympathy for Caitlyn. Ouch. She would know how storylines go. Uh, Kendall and Brandon also backed up this story, which I can definitely see. But man, that is a brutal arc to play into. I mean, that is a very sad arc to play into. I'm a, uh, a sad, lonely woman uh, getting kicked out of a jungle and my family is not here to support me. That is, it's, a very, it's a very weird storyline to agree to. Okay, so this actually brings a couple other Caitlyn stories that have been in the news lately. Sophia Hutchins, who I just talked about, is not Caitlyn's girlfriend like we all thought. She is a live-in manager. Yeah, you can live with me. Just manage me, baby. Live-in manager, never girlfriend, brags they've made a lot of money together and still do. Sophia is the new Kris Jenner of Caitlyn's life. That's fascinating. That is fascinating. Like, I wonder if that is something Caitlyn needs as a strong woman to... Hmm. That's interesting. Sophia says she has a boyfriend who is a Harvard grad and works on Wall Street. If I'm not mistaken, Sophia is trans as well. Um, explained she was introduced to Caitlyn through a makeup artist and said they had similar sense of humor, shared conservative views and conservative views and passion. I mean, not, I'm not, I just, that, that it, it makes it hard for me to believe they have conservative views when conservatives do not support their lifestyle in a lot of instances. They both share a passion for golfing. There you go. Denies any romantic involvement. Sophia admits whenever she needed a meeting with someone that she couldn't get on her own, Caitlyn could arrange it. Yeah, baby, you want to meet the president? Give old Caitlyn the old ring-a-ding phone. Woo! Note she's on good terms with the family, but closest to Kim, Chris, Kendall, and Kylie. That's what is she? She's close to everybody but Rob? Oh, and Courtney. Uh, you're fine. Uh, Caitlyn's publicist. Over the last few years, Sophia has been my best friend, family, and confidant. She is one of the top minds in her field. Her values in my life, her value in my life is undeniable. The sky is the limit with her entrepreneurial spirit. Sophia is currently Jenner's manager, executive director of her own foundation, and founder CEO of LumaSoul Sunscreen Mist, launching April 2020. Let's look out for LumaSoul. Um, Sophia, if you're listening, I would love to be a uh, guinea pig, if you will, for LumaSoul. I would love a nice tan going into the summer months. Uh, our last story about Caitlin this evening is Courtney Cox admits the resemblance to Caitlyn. Now, this is this is kind of, uh, it's dark in a way. David Spade posted an Instagram pic of him, Courtney, and Nick Vial. Holy crap. Talk about a weird holy trinity. <laughs> Ugh, Nick Vial. Um, and multiple comments noted the resemblance to Caitlyn Jenner. It was like, oh, is that Caitlyn? Uh, Courtney thankfully leaned in by reposting the original pic and the comments stating she looked like Caitlyn and then a side-by-side -side in which she admitted the resemblance. I don't know. You know, I don't know. Do, I mean, I think Caitlyn for her age is a good looking woman. I mean, for her age, I, you know, I mean, you, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's a good looking older woman, I think. So, but the thing is, so I did this game show. I, I don't know if I've talked about this on here. I did a game show 
years ago. It was produced by Courtney Cox and David Arquette when they were together, I think, or maybe, I don't know. Um, and it was like a guessing game show. And I was paired up with Courtney Cox. I think I talked about this. She just didn't know her facts at all. And it was a very brutal thing. But what was crazy was seeing her up close. Like it's just the work that she's done on herself, not like personally, but like uh, plastic surgery, surgery, is that a word? It um, it was stunning. It was very weird to, you know, I've seen probably every episode of Friends growing up and to, yeah, take that, Jax. And to see her up close, it was kind of startling because you're, you know, when people get that much plastic surgery, and by the way, you know, she doesn't look horrible, but it's like, it's like from afar, you're like, holy shit, that's Courtney Cox. And then you get up and you're like, oh my God, I think Courtney Cox is in there. Like that's resembling Courtney Cox, but this, there's like a facade built around it, like a... Like, you know, when they work on skyscrapers and they put all that scaffolding around, you know, but you can still see the building underneath. It's like that. Well, that is a that is a dark, dark example. Um, okay, guys. So, yeah, baby, we did my Caitlyn Jenner segment. Woo! Maybe more to come, baby. Oh, also, I was obsessed with Caitlyn Jenner for a long time. Still am. And I bought her audiobook. And do not buy it, you guys, because I bought the audiobook because I am fascinated with how Caitlyn speaks. I like the, you know, it's always very up, very, you know, and uh, yeah, or it's a grumpy Caitlin, I'm just doing this, da, da, da. or sexy, sexy Caitlin, what's up, everybody? So I wanted to hear the audiobook because I thought, great story, first off. Secondly, I'll get to hear her beautiful voice the whole time. And get this, the girl doesn't even do her own audiobook. She does like a little piece in the beginning. She's like, I'm not good at reading. So I'm going to have my friend, uh, you know, R Roberta Flack read. Um, and so we only get like three minutes of actual Caitlin and she like uses some excuse, like she's dys dyslexic or something, but like, you can't then have another woman read your audiobook. We want to hear your voice, Caitlin. If it's a celebrity memoir, it should be illegal for anybody else, but the celebrity to read it. So Caitlin, that's on you. Guys, it's here. It is now Douchebag of the Week. It's time to toast for the douchebags. Yeah, it's time to talk about the man or woman of the week that I am very upset with, that I think has come off like a douchebag. Now, there are always so many to choose from. I still want to hit Kendall Jenner sometime, Courtney, of course. Uh, this week, I was very upset at Kumail Ninjani, the comedian. He released a shirtless photo of himself ripped, all buffed up because he's in a Marvel movie. He's a comedian. He was in The Big Sick. He's supposed to be schlubby. Please, I don't need schlubby people being all, ugh. That was upsetting, but whatever. I'll let that slide. But I do notice – so let me see. There was a, there, a couple episodes ago, my douchebag of the week was a Bachelor contestant. His name is Tyler Cameron. Now, I said he was douchebag of the week and a lot of people – weirdly, I mean I had a lot of response – you know, usually it'll be like, ha, ah, that's funny. He is a douchebag or she is a douchebag. There was a lot of response saying, and by the way, Lindsay, I'm talking about you a lot of this, was saying, no, 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 you've got it wrong. He's a great guy. He's not a douchebag. Family man. You don't get it. You don't get it. And I'm like, no, I think I get it. I got it. And they're like, no, no, you didn't get it. I'm like, I got it. 
But here's the deal. I felt bad for a second. And then guess what? Turns out I am right. Turns out he is a douchebag. So I take back any apologies. No apologies. I am always right about my douchebags of the week. Tyler Cameron, like we said initially, is like dating now, just ultimately supermodels. He was with Stassi Baby, uh, Kylie Jenner's friend. This is the part where my friends that listen, they're like, I don't know who you're talking about. I don't know who Stassi Baby is. Anyways, I want to give you a couple of examples why he is standing out again. And I feel like he is going down the vortex or a black hole of douchebaggery. He is – there's like a force field – not a force field, like a – what is like a suction – a tractor beam. There's a tractor beam of douchebaggery sucking Tyler in and he is – I think he's unsavable at this point. The thing that frustrated me the most, one of the the most, the thing that got him back on my radar was around Thanksgiving time. He posted, I think, on an Instagram. His Instagram is getting really bad, you guys. I know you love, like, you know, the thirst traps, thirst photos, his abs. Guys, abs are great. I, you know, I have zero too. But, like, he has, like, eight or nine abs. Perfect. But he posted this thing after Thanksgiving that really upset me. He posted a shirtless photo of himself in the gym and said, whew, too much stuffing, got to work off those pounds. The motherfucker was ripped more than I've ever seen anybody ripped in their life. What fucking pound, Tyler? If you fucking looked like you would gain five pounds, I would have been like, man, dope. That guy's got a real strong worth ethic. No, fuck you. That shirt, that picture probably wasn't even taken around Thanksgiving, you dipshit. Like, it really upsets me when people do that. Like, you're already good looking. Don't, like, fucking nail it into the wall of, like, I've really let myself go. Had two helpings of stuffing last night. I want to feed that motherfucker stuffing. I want to, like, okay, that movie Seven, remember? Like, where Kevin Spacey, well, we don't know it's Kevin Spacey at the time. He feeds that fat man until he bursts. That's what I want to do to Tyler Cameron. I want to watch him burst. Okay, but you're like, Ryan, Ryan, you're so hard on him. Why would you make, why would you feed Tyler? I want to take care of Tyler. He's such a good guy. Okay, he did an interview with Paper Magazine. Uh, here are some stands out, standouts from the article. Um, it honestly just shows he's, even though he's just doing the bare minimum to be a good person, he's being put on a pedestal and it is getting to his head. And I have a video to prove this later. Okay, some points from the article. Uh, He became relevant to writer because he weighed in on Kanye telling Kim she doesn't like when she dresses too sexy. In response, Tyler tweeted, What not to do? You should want your significant other to be sexy and feel sexy. Ye lost his confidence. Fellas, if you can't stand the heat, get out of the kitchen. Encourage your significant other to be all they can be. Not hold them back, period. Guys, this guy's a sociopath. He's encouraging – like this is the kind of guy that encourages like, yeah, send me one more nude. May, ooh, too much of a nude. I don't know if I can handle – okay. Be confident in your sexiness, girl. I want all the nudes. This guy's a creep. He says Kanye's lost his confidence. Dude, I have – you know what? I can barely speak on Kanye. You definitely cannot speak on Kanye, bro. Step 30 steps back. 30 steps, Tyler. You love exercise, so take a step back. Uh, uh, further, he says, Tyler doesn't feel he's Prince Charming, even though he gets that label. Men need to step it up. Men need to call each other out. That's what I say to my friends are good about. They have no problem calling me out of my shit. They'll humble me real quickly. I think we do need to keep each other accountable. 
and humble each other. First off, he said the same thing twice in that sentence. And yeah, you're like, Ryan, you say the same shit over and over again. I don't care. I'm not Tyler. I, got, I don't have abs. You know what? If you have abs, you shouldn't be able to like, whatever. You know what I'm saying? He's a douchebag. Like men need to, like, this is the most basic thing. Anybody could say this. Like men need to step it up. Men need to call each other out. Whoa, mind blowing. And I want you ladies, you ladies need to listen here. Like, listen, he's tricking you, you guys. He's trying to tell you things you want to hear. Because then you were like, oh, wow. Abs, Annie believes that I should be able to have a sexy body. Annie believes that other men need to be called back, uh, called out. Oh, I love Tyler. That's you kissing Tyler. That's exactly how I sound when I kiss. <laughs> Sorry, I'm getting tired. Um, okay, Tyler noted to have gained a strong following for his good looks and his ability to set boundaries. He respected Hannah on The Bachelorette by not pressuring her into sex. Wow. Tyler seems to have gained a strong following for his good looks, period. The ability to set boundaries is not – that just makes the women or guys that like him feel better for liking him because they're like, ugh. Usually I just like him for their bodies, but if he can, you know, fuck it. If he's going to say he's a good guy on top of it, hey, more the merrier. Um, Tyler has high aspirations and wants to be known for more than who he dates. He has a goal of starting his own construction company, a family tradition, to set his life up long-term and allow the part of this part of life to be good memories of the past. Whatever that means. But I will guarantee you this. I will put money on this. Whoever went, if I'm not, I don't know. I'm not, I don't know what the, the bet here is, but what I'm going to bet is <laughs> he will be acting within the next six months. He will be trying to be an actor and that goal of his um, company, his little construction, like Tonka truck company. No, that's not going to be happening for a long time because he's going to get the acting bug or he's going to be told like, wow, you're special. You can act. Whatever, dude. Tyler's philanthropy in this article is also discussed. He ran the New York City Marathon for Miles for Migrants. Okay. Constantly posts about ABC food tours on his Instagram. Okay. Uh, these are the positive things about Tyler. Tyler is the product of a good family with good values, even though his behavior is not the norm we expect from young, hot guys. Guys, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Okay, but if all of that doesn't do anything for you, if you're fine with him spouting shit about all of that, great. But let me play you pieces of this video. Now, this video is Tyler Cameron Plays Your Boyfriend. The premise of the video is a point of view day in the life. It starts with him waking you up, getting you coffee with hemp milk. Oh, my God. Walks in the garden where he talks about his excitement for little women and how Greta Gerwig is a queen. Takes pictures of you in good lighting on the way to his greenhouse where he shows his sustainable lifestyle side. Once inside, gets you champagne and wine. An insane cheers speech is given. And back to bed where he's in briefs and asks you if you want to finish an episode of Fleabag. Come on, dude. Like, reality. And then, like, then he fucks you silly. Like, that part is not shown. But, okay, so I'm going to play you clips. I'm going to dance around this. It's, I hate, you know what? The sad thing is I'm going to play this and I bet a lot of you are like, that sounds really nice. Sounds like a really good guy. Really, I would love for him to wake me up with hemp milk. I'm shocked avocado toast is not a part of this. Okay, here's some clips. Good morning. You look so beautiful. No, 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 no. Lay down. I'll get us some coffee. 
am so excited to see Little Women. God, Greta Gerwig is amazing. I mean, more women in film, am I right? Is that romance in the air? It smells amazing. Wow, you look absolutely amazing in this light. Here, hold on. I gotta get a picture of this. Yeah, this is my new screensaver. A little toasty by the fire, huh? Probably nice after that little cold weather. But here, cheers to you. Cheers to woman. Cheers to love. Cheers to us. Cheers to us all alone this weekend. Cheers to you, cheers to women, cheers to boobs, cheers to butts, cheers to me, putting my skin on your skin. I can barely act, and I'm really taking this five minutes of fame way too seriously. You guys, stop it with him. You're done. Okay, let's make a promise. He's not at Tristan Thompson level yet. But part of this podcast, part of our journey together, is to look at warning signs that are clearly up ahead for us. I would love if we could all agree to, you know, come on. Let's just call it a day on Tyler, okay? Do it for me. as my one Christmas wish. Cheers to you, my listeners, my light, my lovers. My friends, my confidants, the people I want to walk on the beach with and make houses with and babies and blah, blah, blah. Blah. So inappropriate. You can't talk to women like that. I'm the bad guy. That's right, folks. We are at Jack's Tweets of the Week. It has been a busy week for Jack's. I mean, is there never, is there ever not a busy week for Jack's? I'm almost scared we're not going to be able to take it because we're ramping up into the new season in just a couple of weeks. My God, it's going to be Jack's overload. I need, maybe I need to chill out. We could literally just do a podcast on Jack's, I think my friend Hannah said, and and it would... I could easily fill 10 hours with just jacks. It's just, just jacks. Um, uh, real quick show note. Uh, we are two hours and 30 minutes in. So I had a whole segment on 90 day fiance that I talked about at the beginning of the show. That is not going to be on tonight's episode because it is, it is too big of a piece with a lot of audio. Uh, and I want to save it for another time and I'm trying to get under three hours this week. Um, but I'll add it on to next week's episode because I've got to edit it still together and I've got a lot of stuff to do in this next day to make sure I can get back to Arizona. Um, so we are going to end tonight with Jack's tweets of the week, but we got a lot guys. So buckle in, but it's always enjoyable to uh, talk about Jack's. Um, and real quick, I want to give a shout out to Vanderpump Rules Party Podcast. Um, they, uh, they did a funny bit where they posted a tree um, and, it, and it said, thanks Jax for the tree. And then it had, it had ornaments that said faith everywhere, you know, because everybody remember when Jax fucked faith. So 
yeah, so they posted this thing, and at first I I was cracking up because I almost thought that Jax really did buy them a tree, and they and that Jax was dumb enough to put faith ornaments all over it, not realizing he had fucked faith. But that's how silly I am that I actually believe that. So I, I, uh, DM them, uh, and they corrected me and said, no, it was a joke, but that, that's a, I, that's my kind of joke. I like that. Kind, that's, that's right up my alley. Um, the Vanderpump rules party people are great. I went to their premiere party last season for the beginning of last season. And it was, I got to tell you this story on another episode. Cause it was wild. They did this thing to a hilt. It was one of the funnest premiere parties I've been to. And there were all these special guests. I'll, I'll have to get into it at another time, but it was crazy. Where do we start with our Jack segment? Let's, let's start by going back with a couple of refreshing tidbits from our tree conversation we had last week. So, update on Treegate. December 12th, Jax responds to a DM from a person named Robert Eager. He only has 100 followers, who states he's willing to buy 12 additional trees, and Jax said he'll DM Robert some names. Okay, that's update number one. He tags this guy a few different times, directing questions about trees to him now. And so, I guess he's done with philanthropy, and now he's passed on the torch to Robert Eager. Uh, then also on December 12th, Jack suggests buying pre-lit fake trees on Amazon so people can use over and over uh, or to just light a Christmas tree smelling candle from at Path and Body Works. He, of course, tags them. Just close your eyes and pretend there's a tree, I guess. Um, also, he, I think he also mentions that uh, – oh, yeah. Uh, Brit loves the Bath and Body candles. Um, so – he, because he also added Bath and Body again the same day, apologizing because Brittany had purchased every pumpkin pecan waffle candle ever made. Guys, is pumpkin pecan waffle like if it's got to be a homey smell? Sure, and I love pumpkin and pecan waffles, all of that stuff. But like, do you want that going nonstop? Would it like? Do you want ever something savory in there, or do you just want sweet? Um, so Bath and Body Works, they must be doing some promotion with them. He also tweeted about them again, about how he loves Bath and Body and the girls with the aprons always ends up selling them more than he walks in for. When old Jax Taylor walks into a Bath and Body Works, whoo, they, they see him coming. He knows he's got big fat wallet for all those Bath and Body Works with the ladies and the aprons come up running. Mr. Taylor, Mr. Taylor, can I sell you candles? I don't know why my Bath and Body Works employee sounds kind of like Brittany. Uh, he has literally three more tweets just about these candles and their sales. Uh, the Midwestern in him has jumped out. Um, December 13th, he posted his own Christmas tree with the caption, For the win. Humble brag to the people, I guess, that he didn't get trees for. Like, guess what, motherfuckers? Too bad you weren't too fast on that tweeter. That tweeter. Got to me before uh, before I gave him all the tweet. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I'm tired. Um, no, I just think it's shitty that he says he's going to get trees for the less fortunate. And then he posts like his massive, amazing tree after he said he was done giving out trees. So imagine the people that were trying to get trees and it's like, that could be our tree, honey. Let's go get that tree from Jax Taylor. Um, okay, a Peloton update. December 12th, he's training for a half marathon, and half marathon is on the Peloton. So I guess Jax is training for a half marathon that takes place on his Peloton. So 
And he's also tweeted about running six more times. He wants everybody to run with him. Come run with me. I'm Jax. Run with me in the fields. Uh, okay, here uh, he also has a Britney obsession, which is great. December 13th, tweets about Britney taking off her pants right when she got home. Okay, so uh, Straight Up With Stassi did their um, uh, tour date in Los Angeles at the Wiltern Theater. I was uh, I did not go. I stayed home and watched bad TV. And I think that was healthy for me. Um, but he went, and of course he tweets he tweets about Britney really. He's like, right when she gets home, she t-, like he, he has a big thing now about telling us that Britney loves taking off her pants, which I don't know. Like he doesn't. It doesn't seem like it's sexy. He's saying it. It seems like women. You know, women they hate to wear pants on their skin. Old Britney takes her old old pork pie. Britney takes them right off, and then. Um, he does a follow-up tweet of Britney with the no pants. He, he's filming this of Britney, probably a little drunk, ordering Papa John's pizza, um, <laughs> which is in, in its own right. The fact that Papa John's is now involved is like, yeah, baby. Yeah, baby. Papa John's pizza. I mean, because Papa John is a kook, we all know. But first off, the whole point of the tweet was that he was saying like, Man, my my wife knows how to order a pizza. That's all she's good for, ordering pizza and taking off her pants. I wonder if my roommates think I'm crazy. They probably just hear me recording all the time to think I'm crazy. Um, But yeah, it makes the point that Brittany knows how to order a Papa John's pizza as fast as anybody. But also imagine if Jax is a big defender of the Papa because I, you know, it seems like in his wheelhouse to be like, let the, let, let, let the Papa do what he wants. It's his pizza place. He later tweeted that he blocks people for not liking Papa John's pizza. Hey, you don't like Papa John's pizza? You're out, buddy. You're out. I only accept Domino's, friends. Um, December 15th, a new sponsorship relationship was blooming between Jax and Candy Crush. Uh, he, he kept saying that his wife loves to play Candy Crush. Um, December 15th, last night in L.A. spent with Brittany in the hot tub. Um, Great. That's a great visual for us all to enjoy. I told you about that time he went live in his hot tub and I just kept trying to like write him questions like, oh, you look good, Jax. Uh, on December 14th, this is a great one. Jax has a hot take about yoga. He tweets, dude, just because you do yoga doesn't make you spiritual. Calm down. Hot take yoga. This is – I think this is around the time of the tweet where it felt like he was working out stand-up bits. That's why I predicted the stand-up earlier. I guarantee you, Jax Taylor will be doing stand-up. Can you imagine he gets out, everybody's like going crazy. It's like, well, welcome to the Apollo, Jax Taylor. <sighs> crowd goes wild, crowd goes wild. He's like, he just sits there, he stares at the audience, and he goes, dude, just because you do yoga doesn't make you spiritual. Calm down. <laughs> Wow, the Apollo, you're too kind. Um, okay, any hubbies out there in the audience? Any proud hubbies? I'm a proud hubby. Well, uh, let me tell you some proud hubby stories. Uh, am I a proud hubby when uh, my wife gets home and takes off her pants and orders Papa John's the fastest a wifey can? <laughs> But seriously, folks, how many hubbies out there? Show of hands, show of hands. 
Uh, how many uh, have bought their wifey's double D tits? Hey, all right, yeah. Well, that's what I'm saying. I told my wife, I said, hey, you ever leave me, leave those tits. <laughs> I initially told the doctor throw some D's on that bitch. Well, I'm going to take those D's back. Apollo, you're too kind. I'm Jax Taylor. That was my time. I'm getting the light. Um, yeah, that's how I imagine a stand-up set with Jax would go. Um, and if he doesn't do it, I might just, I might go out and do that. That was solid. I don't, I don't, that was solid material. I think anybody, nobody's going to argue with you that that is not going to be an entertaining night of comedy. Uh, let's see what else do we got. Uh, fights with the public on December 14th. Jax told someone that there, what's wrong with the world for jumping to conclusions. He drove while high because somebody said that, um, he was talking about dry, like he was talking about going to the grocery store and showing like, does your wife ever tell you to go to the grocery store for one thing and then you forget the one thing and then you buy all these other things and then he posted about like the trashiest food. I mean, like, I love it, but like, I'm just, I was just like, it makes me angry because it's like, how are you so skinny? I know you run on the Peloton, but like, you're literally eating sh like, I mean, just there was it was like French onion dip, cookies, ice creams. Just a lot of different creams, sodas. I mean, Diet Sprite. I will say that is the one thing me and Jax are in complete agreement on. I love Diet Sprite. Diet Sprite, if you want to be a sponsor, I would I would do it just for product. I'll say that much. Uh, so, uh, yeah. So, so somebody said he drove to the store to do this. And then somebody, of course, you know, asshole on Twitter uh, said, oh, you shouldn't be driving while you're high. Um, and... He said, that's what's wrong with the world for jumping to conclusions. He followed up defending this by lashing out by saying, I do that with everything in my life. Shoot first, ask later. When I guess, uh, you know, he complained about the guy. So he was just saying he's, he jumps to conclusions. Um, and I guess the big one, and thankfully I'm just, you know, I'm just doing this tonight. So we were able to get this in under the wire. Um, oh, and by the way, I feel like it's, the block for me is coming closer. I feel it because there's just, I'm making so many weird memes about Jax and I just, there's just no way he's not somebody's. It's just feels like it's, Oh my, wait a sec. Ooh, okay. dude, you guys, I did it again because you know, in Twitter you can like hit search and it'll show you who you've searched for. I've searched for Jax and he did not show up in my search field. So I was like, <gasps> did he block me? Did it finally happen? Also, Jax has changed his profile picture. It is not the sociopath picture anymore. It's a sociopath picture, but now it's on a purple background, different angle, better. He didn't cut Kristen out this time. It looks like it's at a Fab Fit Fun event. Uh, you know, nicely dressed, but he changed his new. Uh... Oh, wait a sec. What does this mean? On his bio now, it says Management Ryan PR Lori, but Investor Jax Taylor Inc. Does he mean inventor or in investor? Or is that a word, Investor? Is that a created word that he created? Can you guys tell me about this? Investor. Did, is this just a dumb Jax thing that he screwed up on and meant to say inventor or investor and he just did Investor? But it says Jax Taylor Inc. And then it has a home emoji and a plant emoji. 
what could it mean, you guys? Also, his new header is all of his bachelor men, uh, his his um, his groomsmen for his wedding, all 40 of them. Um, okay, so let's just catch you up on today because there is some good stuff. He, uh, he gave a shout out. I guess Chris Farley passed away 22 years ago today. Uh, rest in peace, Chris. He said, hope you're still making people laugh. 22 years ago today, thanks for a reminder at Bro Bible. Uh, then he did the Purple Heart, the Purple Cross. Uh, one could only hope that he – no, I was going to make a dad joke, but nope. Um, he also went there in Britney's in uh, Kentucky, and he posted a lot of pictures with Britney. Uh, guess what I found, dot, 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 family photo albums at Bianca Cartwright. And, you know, pretty, but like – it's very showy. Now it's like, are you showing her or are you showing us? Um, last one, another picture of Brittany. Uh, but this is the great, well, this is a, oh, then he did my cute little niece, the one he paid for. He made sure we got a picture of that. Remember, he uh, paid for those people to have the, um, the uh, fertility treatment. Okay, uh, we're coming out of the finish line. Um. He posted a Winston Churchill quote today. He said, love this, and I definitely need to remember this when I rage text. It said, you will never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. Believe me, he will not learn from this at all. Um, another person said, I want to see Mr. Jax Taylor either work on Below Deck or be on it with him as a guest. And Jax goes, same. I want to work with at Captain Lee and be his right-hand guy if I had the choice. Isn't Below Deck known for having some of the shittiest men on this season of all seasons, like a real douchebag cast? Uh, on another, And then another tweet from Jax. On another note, I need a good barber. Barbershop in Lexington. Can anyone help me out with this? Please and thanks. Shocked there's not a cross there. Um, so the big one, though, in the last day, and I'm trying to find it. Oh. He wrote, and this is the most action he's got on a tweet in years, I feel. He said, some of you need to look up Impeach. Jax Taylor for MSNBC News. Coming to you live, folks. Um, no, I mean, he is right. Some of you guys do. Some of, I even need to look up what the word impeach is. I think he was probably reading that people thought he was like removed from office, and that's just not the case. It's the impeachment proceedings. It's, Articles of impeachment, it's a whole process that, you know, since our government really isn't an actual government that realizes these laws, but whatever. Sorry, sorry, I won't get political. But anyways, that is our Jax Tweets of the Week segment. Um, Jax, God bless you. God, I mean, really, purple cross emoji, you, Jax Taylor. You make my life worth living. You are family to me at this point. Um, I feel I have earned the right to make fun of you. I don't know why I feel that way, but I do. Um, and this brings us to the end of the show. It's not four hours and 15. It's only two hours and 44 minutes. Uh, we are going to end as we always end this last couple of weeks. I'm going to end with a version of A Long December, the Counting Crows song, my favorite holiday song, one of the saddest songs. Uh, if you listen to the lyrics, I don't know. It's just uh, – I'm one of those people that I like to feel sad sometimes, I guess, or I'm, I'm, I'm comfortable feeling sad or I'm used to feeling sad, but sad songs – like sometimes do you ever do that where you just play sad songs and you put like that was like the Dan Fogel. It, it, it's you kind of like just think about 
how that song makes you feel, how it touches your life, how you relate to that song or what the songwriter might mean. And I'll go on walks. I used to go on walks with my dog and like do that. Um, you know, I have a deep love of Counting Crows now for decades now. And I know it's like a funny band to make fun of because of the dreadlocks that Adam Duritz had and he dated the whole cast of Friends. But I think they are one of the truly great bands in terms of live performance. And you're like, what? The Mr. Jones guy? They really are great music. I mean, it's really true. But there is one song, just if you want to be sad with me, there's a song called Anna Begins, and I'm going to play a little clip of that, actually. I just I just decided that right now, and this song is so – it's just about – it's about loving and then being afraid to love and, and a relationship that, that meant something in the moment, and then it, it fades away, and it's very – I don't know. But there are parts of this song that just crush me, and I've listened to this song for decades now. And it just kills me. So listen to listen to a piece of this and see if this does anything for you, okay? I know you're like, is this really a podcast? This is this feels weird now. But then I start to think about the consequences. I don't get no sleep in a quiet room at this time. And kindness falls like rain. It washes me away. And she sneezes i believe it's love i mean that to me i mean that to me sums up exactly what falling in love is like is that when that person can literally do anything and you're like my god i can't believe this person exists you know but then it goes further into the song and it's like uh, her kindness bangs a gong it's moving me along and anna begins to fade away um you know, it talks about drifting away. And then at the end, he says, you know, I'm not ready for this sort of thing. You know, sometimes you aren't ready for those kind of emotions. Isn't this crazy? I'm literally interpreting Counting Crows lyrics, which is just like my dream. Hopefully you guys have tuned out by now. But if you have, I hope you got something from that. That is something that moves me very much. And uh, one time, you know what, maybe I'll do a Patreon episode if I ever do a Patreon and just do all Counting Crows, um, Counting Crows uh, lyrics and stuff like that, because it is a true passion of mine. So there you guys have it. This is the end of the show. We made it, you guys. I'm so excited for the holidays. You guys got me in the holiday spirit. You did it. Um, I hope you guys have the best holiday. I hope you guys have the best time with your families. I hope your kids are having the best Christmases ever. I hope you guys get something special too. I hope your husbands don't get you Pelotons, but if they do, I'll, I'm gladly take it off your hands, but let's stay in touch. 
you'll hear from me next Friday. I'll be on Instagram all the time, you know, and I, I talk with a lot of you guys on there anyway. So please let me know how your, your holidays are going. I'll just be with my mom and dad. And, oh, like I, I want to remind you, I will somebody, uh, Beth. Yes. Um, my friend, Beth Unger, um, she, uh, she suggested I'm going to do a thing where I, I'm bringing Tom and Ariana and Danny's fancy AF cocktails book to Arizona, and I'm going to have my parents pick out a couple drinks, and then I'm going to get get them hammered on those drinks, and then we're going to watch an episode of Vanderpump Rules and record a podcast. And I hope you guys enjoy that. But Beth suggested that I go live with my parents on that, and uh, you know, and see how that uh, how that works. Would you guys? Would that be? I've never gone live on Instagram before. Would that be something? A value to anybody? Would that be crazy? I don't know if my parents would even understand what's happening. I don't know. So maybe that'll happen, but please stay in touch. You know, I feel like really I do. I know I say this all the time, but I feel very close to you guys. I hope you feel the same way. And, uh, I will talk to you guys next Friday. I wonder if I'm going to upset any of my family members like I did at Thanksgiving. We'll find out. Right. But it'll be good to see watermelon. I'm going to go take myself on a date on uh, Sunday night because my parents have to go to a birthday party and I'm going to go see Star Wars. I'm excited about that. Uh, I'm going to go hike Camelback. I'm going to see my friend Matt Byer, my other friend Jessica Wagner, my other buddies Nick. And I mean, I'm going to see I just I'm really excited, you guys, I, I because this time is really sad. And there's been moments of really deep sadness for me this past couple of weeks in regards to the holidays that I think I've talked about. And um so anyways, yeah. And oh and Christine, I'm very proud of your 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 you went you went viral this week and I'm very proud of that and that's very that's a really cool thing. So uh I'm going to end today with another version of Anna Begins. I played a different version each week because I'm that much of a nerd. So um this is Ryan Bailey, so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. Please, if you've made it this far, leave a review. Tell a friend. Help get the word out, you guys. Um we'll talk to you next Friday. And gosh, and 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 thank you so much, Linda, uh, producer Linda.
Sometime after 2 a.m. And we talked a little while about the year. Guess the wind makes you laugh a little slower. Makes you talk a little lower about the thing you could not show her. And it's been a long December. Times I try to tell myself to hold on to these moments as they pass. And it's one more day up in the canyon. And it's one more night in Hollywood. Man, it's been so long since I seen the ocean. And well, I guess I should. Good three. Follow us on Insta at So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey and email us at So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey at gmail.com. Please rate and review and subscribe and all that good stuff. It really does help. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Betches.